What's up, guys? It's the Vigorous Q&A again. What a week. So much drama amongst the educators. Well, we'll get to that. First, we have some good announcements. I did a podcast uh, earlier this week. Let me pull it up somewhere. It's uh, down below. It's called Vigorous Steve, Everything About First Cycle. I did that with David uh, Czekowicz from Poland. And uh, that was a great podcast uh, discussing on how to structure your first cycle and uh, a lot of other things came up. So it was a huge, uh, great com um, conversation uh, as well. So I would like you guys to give that video a watch because I think there were not so many views on that video yet. So let me have a look where they are now. Because on the podcast with Jordan Shallow, we got a lot of uh, views, but this one is only 1,000 views. So do me a solid after we're done with the vigorous Q&A. You're watching this over the weekend. Give that video a watch. I think it's. Uh, it. I think it was very entertaining. We had a good discussion going. Uh, let's see. A uh, congratulations to Wesley Vissers. Holy fucking dog shit! And we lost monetization. Um, absolutely great. I was watching yesterday with desktop bodybuilding where he was doing a live play by play. So I was watching the live webcast and me, uh, you know, listening to uh, Xavier or Xavier, um, you know, what his opinion was on the show. And we're all um, sitting there having a lot of uh, fun analyzing what was going on. So I felt that uh, Earl Skalsinski was a little bit overdieted and Ramon Dino as well, but he was not as overdieted as Earl Skalsinski. Urs was really flat for prejudging. And then Ramon Dino looked a little bit less poppy compared to what he was at the Mr. Olympia. Of course, these guys do two shows per year and you have to make weight for every show. So that's uh, pretty tough on the body. And, you know, Mr. Olympia and the Arnold Classic are pretty close. So now they got, what, six, seven months to go. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy that Wesley won because this was his best package ever. And he was completely diced to the socks and dialed in for prejudging. And I think because uh, Ramon Dino and Earl Skalsinski were a little bit off. That's just uh, why they gave the nod, even though Ramon Dino did improve a lot. And Earl Skalsinski also did improve a lot for finals. But Wesley was also improved and Wesley got better throughout the prejudging. So I'm very, 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 very happy. Uh, uh, Iron Grid is already asking, what do you think about Wesley's appearance? Yeah, I couldn't stop looking, uh, looking at him either, man. He looked super good. He looked super composed, very uh, full, hard and dense, uh, shredded glutes, um, very confident on stage, great posing. So it, it was just his night. And Ramon Dino, I, I felt that he wasn't very confident. He probably knew it was off or he didn't really feel how his uh, body was working. So uh, I, I think that's why Wesley got the nod. Now, hopefully, uh, he can uh, repeat this at the Mr. Olympia and play second to um, Chris Bumstead, which would be great. And we've all been saying that Wesley should be in the top three, and he's been slowly making his way up over the last couple of years, but now he made a huge, a huge fucking jump. So I'm super happy for Wesley. Absolutely great. Yeah, I agree. And finally gets his recognition uh, or at least he gets his recognition now and then hopefully at the olympia but then again you know you know how it is with these competitors you know uh, you have one bad showing earls had a bad showing ramon had a bad showing and that lit a fire under their these guys ass and then uh, they might just uh, pull out all the stops for the mr olympia and then wesley is maybe you know top five right you never know right on the day of the show it it, it matters how you look and in between there is all speculation uh, let's see, what else did I want to report on? Okay, so uh, a little bit of drama between uh, Ty and Clark, Dr. Dean St. Mart, and Kurt Havens. Um, I, I talked to all of them and I, I told them to let it go because the drama amongst the educators is never really warranted, but I got myself into drama also. Uh, for the guys who were here last week, 
you might have remembered that there were a lot of trolls suddenly in the chat. And I was like, what the hell's going on? You know, all these disparaging remarks. And uh, so, so you know, uh, Iron Grid and uh, Emperor Shreve, uh, who is now moderator, uh, you know, did their fair share of banning. And then after, after the Vigors Q&A, I saw that Dave Palombo made a video. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch it because it's three o'clock in the morning. Right? We first had that uh, podcast with Paul Burnett for 30 minutes and then two and a half hours of a vigorous Q&A. So that was three o'clock in the morning for me with one hour left to go to bed. So I decided not to watch it because of the remarks and the comments that were made and DMs that were sent. I figured, you know what? Um, if you mobilize your audience to send me all these weird messages, then I'm, you know, I'm going to let it slide over the weekend. So I didn't watch it. Sunday, I didn't watch it. I didn't feel like it. And now it's Saturday and I still didn't watch it yet. So I guess we're going to have to watch this video of Dave Palumbo. I already got it preloaded at the end of the vigorous Q&A because I don't want to take time away from answering questions. Um, so we'll do it at the end, about two and a half hours from now. And if the, the upload doesn't really work, because usually when I play videos, it doesn't really work. At least I'll record it locally and then I'll just clip that out and show that video uh, probably tomorrow or something. So I will react to it. Uh, if there's a debate in there, I'm not entirely sure, but let's see. So um, there were there were like 10 guys posting all kinds of weird shit. New subscribers, new guys, obviously, not, not subscribers. Um, yeah, so I had to ban a couple of them. But after the Liver King, um, I know that those comments are kind of meaningless. So we uh, just let it go. All right, uh, let's start answering with some, uh, let's get started with some member questions. Uh, oh yeah, thoughts on time, Clark saying Halo is the safest drug. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about that. I just started doing all of the literature review, but I believe that there's there's at least 476 studies on PubMed, and I didn't even get to Google Scholar, Science Direct, or ResearchGate yet. So I'm about 200 studies in on PubMed. Um, apparently, uh, halotestin has undergone a lot of clinical trials uh, in combination with tamoxifen regarding safety and efficacy. Now, that's in combination with tamoxifen, not solo, but I'll go through all of those clinical trials eventually, or at least, uh, let's say, the 10 most recent ones, and then usually you can form your conclusion, because as time goes on, um, you know, testing parameters and, and investigation kind of changes. And this is why I think uh, Ty and Clark might be incorrect regarding his statements on HALO, because most of the studies that show that luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone levels uh, don't decline are from the 60s, 70s, and maybe early 80s. Right? I remember going through all of the HALO testing studies regarding fertility, and, and after the early 80s, that, that practice kind of stopped, or those investigations kind of stopped because they had better fertility medications in the form of human chorionic gonadotropin, and then later on, human menopausal gonadotropin, and now recombinant follicle-stimulating hormones. So as time goes on, uh, practices change, right? So you could say that HALO is safe, but maybe in the 70s, uh, but there must be a safer uh, practice out there. And and uh, since halotestin is still prescribed, there's also a boatload of studies that I need to go through. So please give me some time. It's next on the to-do list. Uh, let's see, this week I was super happy that I got those two videos out. Um, of course, YouTube was great to turn off all the comment section uh, again. So I kept turning it on and they kept turning it off and I kept turning it on and I kept turning it off back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, luckily, the views didn't really suffer that much, but the comments certainly did because people couldn't comment. So now, um, hopefully, that doesn't happen next week. 
But for next week, I got um, androgen receptor sensitivity, debunking that with all of the scientific evidence, and myostatin upregulation or downregulation and debunking all of that. So that will be next week. I'm not sure if we'll be able to get the halo testing video out by that time because I still have a lot of literature review to do. So yeah, so my sincere apologies that the comments were off. It's kind of annoying, but this is YouTube, not me. All right, let's start answering some questions from the, let's see, from the memberships. Let me turn this off a little bit. I'm already cold. One second. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold in here. You gotta always adjust the aircon. All right, let's give that a try. Exa, uh, Isaac Danielson. Hey, Steve, I've had this puzzling issue. Um, I haven't had time yet to get blood work while in contest prep scheduled next seven or next week, taking 750 milligrams test, E300 milligrams Mastrone, 75 milligrams Tremblone Acetate, uh, 40 milligrams Anivar to, uh, per day, I assume, 2.5 milligrams Superdraw Sublingual pre-workout. Holy shit, you must have epic workouts with that much, that much oral steroids in your system. Let's see, 12.5 uh, milligrams aromacin, is that required? Yes, maybe, because you're taking uh, only 300 milligrams of masterone. Every other day, is that aromacin? For the seven, I use GH, 20 micrograms IFGF1 LR3. It's a little bit low, uh, but feel free to increase that. Coach had me at 20 milligrams of Winstrol yesterday. Immediately, I felt pre-existing gyno, a very small flare-up. That's strange. Sometimes I add Winstrol throughout the years and I get Gano aggravation. As soon as I added more aromacin, I had a tiny and a tiny amount of primipexol, the lump all but disappeared. Does this mean it's prolactin? Even at the measly 25 milligrams every other day of train. Well, I I don't think um let's see, where's this comment of Winstrol? I don't think that Winstrol increases prolactin levels, and I don't think that it increases estrogen levels albeit that winstrol is known to lower sexual binding globulin levels and in the process of freeing up more testosterone you have more potential of aromatization but you're still on mastrone which is known to inhibit the conversion of testosterone into estradiol or some of its metabolites and aromacin is a suicide inhibitor and at this dose i don't think estrogen is a problem so um it, this leads me to believe that your winstrol might not be winstrol it might be deanabol Right, which it converts into methyl estradiol uh, when you take that orally because your intestinal tract also has aromatized enzymes. So, um, windsor can block the progesterone receptor. So, I don't see how it raises prolactin or aggravates gyno. But maybe in this cocktail, right, you're on a boatload of different things. Uh, what you should have done is just go for blood work and check your estradiol and prolactin levels before you throw in more aromatized in, uh, inhibition and a little bit of primipexol, which all have uh, additional, um, you know, risks of their own. So uh, I, I would just advise you to do blood work and stay away from Winstrol if you feel that this Winstrol is giving you this effect, right? Maybe the Winstrol is not Winstrol or maybe uniquely to you, your gyno flares up, um, which I, honestly on the stack, I, I am surprised that that happens. All right, moving on. So blood work. Right, and, and throw away your Winstrol because it might not be Winstrol. Next one, Filippo's Jim asks, Hey Steve, I sometimes suffer from brain fog, especially in the morning. Are there any supplements to get this under control? Uh, caffeine, <laughs> it usually gets my day started. Uh, what else? Uh, maybe Sumax, Selank, Cerebralisin, even, um, you know, uh, the microdosing 
as also neurotropic benefits. And then there's always fluvoxamine and vortioxetine, which is pretty potent regarding the upregulation of brain-derived neurotropic factor and other neurotropic factors. So um, I would start with coffee and, and look into what you take pre-work or before bed. Right? If you take a bottle of the GH or GH secretagogues, or you take a bottle of melatonin or GABA or Valium, or uh, I don't know, whatever sleeping age you're taking, or Ambien, yeah, you might wake up groggy because you, you, you're you not through the full metaboli metabolism of this drug yet. So, you know, it could be a multitude of different things, but I, I would look into what you're taking before bed to enhance sleep quality or make you fall asleep, right? Not all sleep aids actually improve sleep quality. And um, yeah, and then maybe take that out or make some sort of trade-off where you can still sleep, um, but you take maybe a fast-acting melatonin and a fast-acting GABA um, instead of a long-acting melatonin and some sort of GABAergic medication, right? So, so it can be metabolized by the time you wake up. And maybe maybe look into sleeping according to your circadian rhythm, maybe sleep with the window open or the curtains open so the light can slowly come up and slowly wake you up, right? And uh, multiple different things. But for the brain fog, I would say Samax, uh, Salank, Cerebralycin, and caffeine. Yeah. Caffeine is great. Lethal Promotions asks, Hey, Steve, do you have any experience using thymaline and thymsin alpha-1? Looking to bolster my immune system. Also, what do you have? Also, do you have any immunity protocols I could follow? Thanks, as always. Now, unfortunately, I'm not very familiar with thymaline or thymsin alpha-1. I'm familiar with uh, Thymus and 4 and TB500, but not these specifically regarding immunity. And I, I think there's a couple other peptides out there that help with immunity regulation, but I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. So I'm very sorry I can't help you there. Uh, I usually don't get these questions. People want to know about steroids. And, uh, I, you know, there's some scientific evidence that primobolin increases white blood cell count if you're immunodeficient, uh, but I'm assuming that you're not one of those persons. Right. Almost done, guys. I'm going to start scrolling soon. Uh, Ilkarakar Ilkar Ilkar asks, what are your thoughts on HMG with HCG on cycle TRT? So I used to think that that was the best, right? HMG is uh, FSH and, and allegedly LH, but it's usually HCG. And HCG has HCG. Um, so, you know, back in the day, I figured that, that was the best way to sustain testicular function and help with libido. But now I'm not in favor of urine purified HMG anymore because we have recombinant follicle stimulating hormone and it seems to be more potent and cost effective. I think it's more cost effective compared to HMG on an IU for IU basis. Because again, I figured that HMG would have some luteinizing hormone in it, but every time I do blood work on HMG, only FSH goes up and not LH. So why would you take HMG when it only contains um, FSH and maybe trace amounts of HCG to fulfill the LH pathway when it's significantly cheaper to run recombinant HCG and recombinant FSH, right? So, so um, I, I would say before FSH recombinant version was available, um, this was the way to go, but now it it no longer is because there's better ways to do it. And, you know, you don't need to have FSH or HMG on cycle unless you really notice that you have a more favorable libido regarding, and, and of course, semen volume. And that's always a bonus. More semen volume compared to HCG alone, right? I, I remember when I recommended HMG and HCG or HMG solo, it was mostly in the context of uh, libido and fertility. Um 
you know, HCG will sustain testicular function and, and increases your libido in many cases more than enough. So I, I would say with HMG, you know, it's, it, it's easier to source HCG nowadays than HMG and HCG is already difficult to source. So I just take with the recombinant versions. Yeah. Uh, Ilkara Car, man. Asks, if I'm already on the Bivalon Cyanus, is there a reason to look into Tomasartan? Uh, I don't think so, but maybe your blood pressure is still high, and that probably means that you're magnesium or calcium deficient. Is there a uh, difference of mechanism of action? Well, Nibivalol is a beta blocker. It lowers your heart rate and thus lowers um, the ejection of the blood, which downstream reduces your blood pressure. And it's a beta-3 adrenergic receptor agonist, which increases nitric oxide in the blood uh, to a similar extent that Cialis does and thus uh, dilates your blood vessels. Right? And Cialis is a PDA5 inhibitor, but nitric oxide levels go up and thus dilate the blood vessels. And Telmasartan is an angiotensin receptor blocker and dilate the blood vessels that way. So it's the bivalent Cialis might have a little bit of overlapping effect and Telmasartan has a different effect. Um, you can also dilate your blood vessels with calcium and magnesium. So, um, you, you know, uh, maybe you can uh, increase your electrolyte intake and come off the Nabivalol and the Cialis and, and no need for Tomasartan altogether. Uh, last one, is it true that uh, mechanical growth factor, the non-pindulated version of a half-life of only six minutes? Can't remember. I think it was very short, but I can't remember what the half-life was off the top of my head. Therefore, it doesn't go systemic and provide side enhancement, um, or it will be localized side enhancement anecdotally, but I've never talked to anybody who swore by MGF or pigelated MGF themselves. I've seen it uh, being sold everywhere. There's uh, some scientific evidence that certain steroids increase MGF levels, including, including primobolin, um, but how much of a net result you'll get out of that, it's probably negligible. And of course, if you start injecting MGF or pigelated MGF, um, I think the drain on your wallet is more significant than the muscle mass that you gain out of that. Um, let's see, I remember you mentioned GHK Copper for site enhancement. Yeah, I, I think that that works very, very well in the arms. I did it in a tear drop of my quads, but uh, it seems that most of those gains are gone already. Um, probably because I'm off cycle for such a long time and I can't really train as hard as you used to, right? I mean, you need a certain amount of intensity for quad size. And in the tricep, right, in the outer head, I think that, let me, let me see. I think, can't really see it here. Here, in this area, I put it. And I think that's enhanced because it used to be flat. And now... That's kind of pointy. <laughs> Knees too pointy, would not hit. <laughs> so, but that was a lot of GHK copper, man. And I can't say that now looking back on it, I still got like 10 vials. Now looking back on it, I can't say that all the post-injection pain was worth it. Yeah, but my triceps were fucking swole though. And make sure when you do GHK copper for side enhancement, that let's say five milligrams per side or two milligrams to get started. Um, you need a lot of deep tissue massage therapy and active, active release therapy and grass tongue technique because it creates adhesions and it's it's brutal. And after if you don't do that, right, you don't do the deep tissue massage therapy, then I feel that your um, muscularity will not be as good as it should. Okay, let's move on because we're way behind. 
Uh, how valuable is injectable alkaline tea while on TRT? Also, you recommend ashwagandha and Tongan Ali while on TRT. So Tongan Ali, um, I would not recommend because uh, I don't think it's going to do anything additionally for your testosterone production. Ashwagandha root extract might still be good to lower cortisol levels, but testosterone already lowers cortisol secretion from the adrenals. And injectable alkarnitine uh, might be good for fat loss. And, uh, you know, there is one or two studies that shows that receptor content of skeletal muscle increases with L-carnitine, L-tartrate supplementation. And the reason why I know is because I just recorded an androgen receptor deep dive dropping next week. So uh, we'll be fully cited, as every video should, right? Nicely cited, like all things should be. <laughs> um so yeah i add it in i i take l quarantine every day i'm not even on trt all right next one if i were to start trt and decided after three months to come off of it uh, what would my pct consist of to gain normal testicular function uh let's uh stop the trt after four to six weeks you'll feel like ass because your testosterone and estrogen levels are completely zero then you can start human chorionic gonadotropin at let's say a thousand IUs three times per week, you run it for two to three weeks. Then uh, you go do your blood work, see where your testosterone levels and estrogen levels are at. Hopefully they came back already, uh, but they might be middle of the reference range, like 500 nanograms per deciliter, for example, if you were shut down for so long on TRT. And then you take the HCG out because HCG suppresses the luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone secretion to a certain extent. And of course, the selective estrogen receptor modulators, um, the, the sole the sole reason why you run those is to increase LH and FSH levels. So HCG is not run at the same time. Um, so that means you discontinue the HCG, testicular function is somewhat restored, and then you use Novidex and Clomid at tapering dosages. Um, you can follow the cookie cutter, you know, 100 milligrams of Clomid for a week and a 50 or 100 milligrams of Clomid per day for a week and then taper down to 50 milligrams for one or two weeks and then taper down to 25 milligrams for maybe one to two weeks. And then Nolvidex, you do 20 milligrams per day for two weeks and then 20 or 40 milligrams per day for two weeks. Yeah, and then 20 milligrams per day for two weeks. And then maybe a little bit longer if your serum testosterone levels and your luteinizing hormone levels uh, proven with blood work are still not sustainable. But I have a dedicated PCD video about that. So let me link that down below. Uh, I also linked last week. And I have an ebook on it, but I just basically spilled the entire protocol. So I don't think you need, <laughs> I don't think you need it. <laughs> All right. Next one. Oh, this one we already answered. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I have Hadi. Hadi looked much improved yesterday. I didn't watch it yesterday. I watched it this morning after I woke up. Hadi was uh, 10 times better at the, the, compared to the Mr. Olympia, right? He, his back was dry. His glutes were shredded. He was hard. His waist was under control. He could pull a much deeper vacuum. And Samson is also improved. But he's still 99%. He's not 100% sharp, you know? And he was, it's the same to the Olympia and the same previous show. So I, I think Samson and, um, you know, Milos might have to pull the water a little bit harder and sacrifice a little bit of fullness to really get his glutes in. But his glutes were 10 times uh, better than they were at the Mr. Olympia. So progress has been made. But Hadi uh, doesn't need to make progress. He just needs to go back in time to a previous shape, and then he's unbeatable. So I think Hadi will win today um, because that was the Hadi of old. 
and even though he's getting older, right? I mean, you can see some signs in the back and the rear delts and the quads. I mean, you know, both both of these guys are, you know, what my age, around 40 years old. Let's say 30, 37 to 42 years old, give or take. And that shows some signs of age. Um, doesn't mean that they're not good. I mean, they're exceptional, certainly better than I am um, from a bodybuilding perspective. <laughs> I don't have to compare everything. Um, so I would say Hadi wins today. But guys, let me know, man. I The show will be, I guess, um, oh, no, it will be while, while I'm sleeping. Yeah, it will be while I'm sleeping. So I guess I'll see that tomorrow morning. Spam filter got the most part of them. So who the fuck would go after our boy? I don't know, man. I don't know what Dave Palumbo said. Where is Bitcoin shirt? Um, soon. Soon. Yeah, good things will come to those who wait. All right. Uh, a beautiful Saturday. Okay, let me scroll down. All right, here we are. Big house. Hey, Steve. I uh, hope you're having a good Saturday. Yes, sir. Uh, I started doing subcutaneous. Let me remove this banner because I feel that it cuts my chin off. There you go. I can you can see some fucking yeah lean lean chin. Um, no uh, no fucking chin here. <laughs> All right. Hope you're having a good Saturday. I started doing subcutaneous L-carnitine, home brewed, 500 milligrams for one milliliter with 0.1 uh, percent benzoyl alcohol, and I noticed red, blue, veiny spots or bruises at the ejection site. Is that normal? Um, no, that shouldn't happen. Maybe you're not putting it deep enough, right? If I do my subcutaneous L-carnitine shots at a thousand milligrams for one milliliter, but again, that's pharmaceutical grade. I'm not entirely sure how much benzoyl alcohol is in there, but um, I don't get any redness. I mean, it burns, obviously. It's like gonorrhea, but it's on the back. And then you try to wait, walk away from it, but it follows you. So you just sit there patiently and you're like, you know what, whatever, whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen. And uh, I accepted it because I want the carnitine in my uh, booty. So um, red and veiny blue spots or bruises. It sounds like hypoxia. Yeah, sounds like hypoxia. Um, I know, buy some pharmaceutical grade L-carnitine or, or from a source that you trust and compare. If that happens also with the source you trust, then maybe it's you, right? Then you continue with your home-brewed uh, carnitine and maybe it will get better over time. But if it doesn't happen with another brand and it does happen with yours, maybe your source of L-carnitine isn't good. Maybe you didn't filter it correctly. Maybe uh, the benzoyl alcohol concentration is too high even though it's 0.1%. So could be multiple different things, but maybe ask, um, what's his name? Uh, Chase Irons, <laughs> who has a lot more experience on uh, home brewing than I have. Jake Applebaum, my SSBG went from 46 to 29 when I added in a low dose Nandrolone. Is SSBG suppression a known effect of Nandrolone? Yes, that's the effect of all steroids. And I just made a video about that. Have you ever seen this before? Yes. Also, free testosterone did not go up despite the drop in SHBG. Lab error. Um, no, because nandrolone can increase the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. And if your SHBG is lower, then there's uh, more free testosterone. But now this free testosterone is unbound. And instead of floating around in the bloodstream with albumin or sexual binding globulin, it uh, can slowly migrate to the estrogen or aromatize. 
aromatized enzymes, not estrogen receptors, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, it can migrate to the estrogen aromatized enzymes, fuck, and then convert into estradiol, especially in the presence of nandrolone, because nandrolone is a metabolic intermediate of testosterone into estrogen metabolism. Man, what a brain fart there. My bad. All right, we're 15 minutes behind, but I'm trying to speed up as fast as I can. Mohammed, hey Steve, I'm on 120 milliliters, it probably means milligrams, testosterone enitate, 20 milligrams masterone enitate, and 10 milligrams primo. It's not milliliters, uh, unless you're doing it for side enhancement purposes and you're after that Greg Valentino look. Uh, it's milligrams, not milliliters. Huh? Please. Uh, 10 IUs to 20 IUs Atlantis, depending on carb intake. So that I'm assuming that's in the morning. 4 IUs from a growth hormone. Could I run this year round? Uh, it depends on your blood work and how you manage your blood work levels, right? I mean, 120 tests, 20 milligrams. Is this per day or is this per week? <laughs> I mean, who, who injects 10 milligrams Primo? So I don't know. Post Mohammed, if you're still here, let me know if this is per day or per week. Because per day, I would say it's very sustainable. You could also run 200 tests and, and just leave it there. But if you're running 10 milligrams Primo per day, that's 70 milligrams per week and 150 milligrams Mastron per week. And well, let me whip out the calculator for that one. 120 times seven, 840 milligrams testosterone. So it's a bit of a discrepancy. And I don't think you're running 120 milliliters testosterone enitate per week. So it depends on your blood work. Please give me further details so I can uh, tell you if it's a good idea or not. Mm -mm. Just found this girl talking shit about men who moved to Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, they talk shit, that's why we move. <laughs> we are sick of the shit talking, that's why we move. And they, they keep talking shit, but that's okay. It's like out of sight, out of mind, right? So we're like here enjoying our holiday, enjoying our time. Ah. That's why sometimes when there's drama, it's just better not to watch the videos. Out of sight, out of mind. Why ruin your weekend over it? Maybe, maybe there's a learning moment there. Uh, let's see. Oscar Sop, uh, currently on the bulk. Blood pressure is always around 140 to 70. Want to lower it to 120 to 60. Diet on point, no trash. Uh, you need a little bit of trash over the weekend, man. Otherwise, you're not alive. Uh, what would be the right uh, way to address this? First, throw in more magnesium, yes. Or straight go to Telmasartan. No, so Telmasartan is like a band-aid in case um, you can't manage your blood pressure with magnesium, calcium, sodium, and potassium intake which needs to be stable for your body to adapt. And maybe you're chronically magnesium deficient and it, it might take a while before your magnesium stores in skeletal muscle bones are sufficient enough for, not, for it to not pull it out of the bloodstream. And then magnesium can slowly dilate your arteries. Might take some time, right? Makes, take, take some vitamin D3 and vitamin K with that for proper magnesium and calcium transport. And, uh, you know, maybe you're overtrained can increase your uh, blood pressure slightly. Maybe your cortisol levels are high from uh, stress or too much caffeine or, uh, you know, whatever else, overtrained state. Maybe you're not sleeping enough. All these things can increase blood pressure. So I would look into all of those things, try to optimize the best you can. And if that doesn't work um, and you really need a 10 point reduction, um, then, 
yeah, there's always 20 milligrams uh, telmisartan, which can increase to 40 milligrams or 80 milligrams if needed. Uh, let's see. Hey, Steve, what are your thoughts on the lowest effective dose of growth hormone? And in what increments can you increase the dose? Um, if I remember correctly, I think that a growth hormone replacement therapy in cases of growth hormone deficiency starts at what 1.2 IUs, 2 IUs. Um, so that will be the lowest effective dose, but that's in context of GH deficiency. If you're not GH deficient and you supplement with growth hormone on top, then you have maybe twice the amount of growth hormone, right? If you produce 1.2 to 2 IUs growth hormone by yourself, you know, averagely speaking, and you add 1.2 to 2 point uh, IUs growth hormone on top, then you have double the growth hormone. Seems pretty effective to me. So um, I, I would increase with increments of about two IUs, you know, and in the beginning, you, you might experience a little bit of water retention on 1.2 IUs. You run that for two weeks, three weeks, then you kind of normalize, then you increase it to two IUs, and then you have a little bit more water retention, but it's less dramatic than previously. Uh, and, and then you bump it up to three or four or six, right? It also depends on your muscle mass. I could start with 10 IUs right off the start if I wanted to, because I know how to manipulate everything that uh, will happen when I go on that much growth hormone, right? This is, this is 2.4. Look at that. Yeah, look at that. Good shit. All right. Sorry if I'm skipping a lot, but there's so many member questions in Super Chats, and I'm I'm mad behind. So we'll do members and Super Chats for now. For MMA, currently on 150 milligrams testosterone, 150 milligrams Primo and HG. I want to run a lot of those VAR for long periods of time. Thoughts on using VAR on light training days and switching it for trainable on hard days, not tested. Uh, yeah, could be, but if you're already on 300 milligrams steroids and you add in maybe 5 to 10 milligrams Anvar on top, that's another 35 milligrams or 70 milligrams extra, which is an increase of 10 to 20%. That could mean the difference between absolutely fucking great performance and kicking everybody's ass or um, being gassed out of your mind. So I would start low. Maybe start with trainable first because um, it, it does seem to improve stamina anecdotally in the people, but we'll have to get to the trainable deep dive at one point or another. And hopefully I can find a lot of those uh, those old studies in German performed on trainable. Fingers crossed. I, I try to look for all the prima bone studies, but many of them are not translated or not even available. So I did my best with the scientific evidence that's available. Um, so I would start with trainable. And uh, and then start with five milligrams and build it up. Right? You can always build up. You can always build up. Maybe try five milligrams per day for two weeks. See if your stamina goes down, and then increase it to ten milligrams. Right? You know, like look into ITDP, look into uh, data, look into all these things that are known to improve your endurance. Uh, mildronate, hypoxin, amoxapine, methylene blue. And there's so much more than steroids that you could take to improve your endurance. And you know. It, it, Let's say you're fighting against one of my guys that is doing MMA. He would be on TRT and maybe a little bit of a trainable, but all the things that are known to improve reaction time and hand-eye coordination and grip strength and stamina, and then you're gassing out, and then my guy is choking you out. <laughs> so watch the endurance videos. There's too many of them, but just type in endurance on my channel, and then you follow it. Hey, blue collar bodybuilding. What's up, dude? Heidi in person was as close to 100% peaked as he can be. Samson data could be drier for sure. Yeah, that's that's what I figured from the live stream. Oh, you guys are in here. Guys, don't you have an Arnold to enjoy? 
speak for yourself this i refuse to get old so so uh, uh yeah paul are you as old as dave palumbo no you're 50 right and dave palumbo is what 55 you know but paul is so chill paul is so chill he's so chill that you know i, I would age him at like 32 years old yeah he's just as chill as uh as chase but chase is the most chill he can even sit through two hours of uh victor black i mean i i, I would sit there just being annoyed <laughs> wondering how i could spend my time better um Butterbeater Leo, yeah, bro, move that anner out of the way of my chin. Oh, this thing, yeah, yeah. All right. Daily injections. Okay, so you're at 850. Let me scroll up. 840 milligrams test, 140 milligrams Mastrone, and 70 milligrams Primo. Um, you might need an aromatized inhibitor. Um, and, and I would do your blood work at least just every month in the first couple of months just to make sure that you got everything under control and then if you feel comfortable for, with that and you know how to manage your blood uh work parameters and they're not getting worse i mean your hematocrit will be elevated your lipids will be skewed your liver enzymes will be elevated um hopefully your fasting insulin levels will not be too high if you take two days off lantus for it to metabolize if your fasting uh, insulin levels are high that means you're losing insulin sensitivity and then, of course, you can check your hemoglobin A1C to see if that Lantus dose is sufficient to keep your blood, blood glucose levels under control throughout because hemoglobin A1C is a much more accurate representation of your blood glucose levels over, uh, let's say, three to three and a half months. So, yeah, um, if you do everything right, I don't see a problem with running it that long, um, but your lipids will not be perfect, that's for sure, and your hematocrit might be slightly elevated. And again, as soon as you lose insulin sensitivity, maybe cut your carbs down by half and remove the lantus. Do a mini diet for two weeks, restore insulin sensitivity, and then uh, you're good to go again. Right? Your, your biggest intake is test, which I'm not against at all. I fucking love test. I love test. You know, cash flow. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> Fido cash flow. Nice one. Some of you guys are mad um, original. All right. Lease a recent labs, ASDN, $33.33. I love that round number, man. Very, very good. All right. Recent Rabs is an uh, ASD of 100, LT is 104 units per liter, and a FLD, non alcoholic fatty liver disease, for the past 10 years. 34 year old uh, male, 5'11, 230 pounds, previous 280, but now only on 200 tests. ATG 15 IUs or milligrams terzepidide per week. That's pretty high. That's pretty high, I would say. Uh, Telmasartan, Tadalafil. Should I see a hepatologist or lower testosterone dose and stop this many meds? How serious is this? So, if you have non alcoholic fatty liver disease, um, right, your triglycerides might be elevated, your total cholesterol levels and LDL levels might be elevated. And you could even have this high of um, liver enzymes from strenuous workouts. Now, if you have diagnosed non-alcoholic non, non fatty liver disease, um, then I would come off TRT and allow um, endogenous testosterone production to come up somewhat and allow the stem cells of the hepatocytes to kind of restore and recover your non-alcoholic fatty liver disease where you'll undergo severe caloric restriction. And nowadays you have terzepidide for that, right? Um, I think there's some scientific evidence that that Telmasartan, Cialis, uh, Cardarine, 
glutathione and acetylcysteine. Man, there's, if you got a liver tox, let me link it for you. That's probably the best. Uh, I know and Dr. Dean was very fast to point it out. You should go to liver talks about 17 alpha alkylated steroids, bro. <laughs> I say, yes, I know. I know, Dean. Um, yeah, link down below. Liver talks is probably the best um, website for uh, liver information. And not everything will work for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. I mean, I tried everything. And then the best thing I uh, could do was just to fast it off. And then my liver was in prime condition again. And it was brutal. It was not fun. I was skinny as fuck. If you scroll through my videos from 2021, you see like me just looking like this, basically. Um, yeah. And, and But that was the, the, the way to get it under control. And if you have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease for that long, uh, yeah, I, I would take some immediate action. Because the longer you wait, the more difficult it might be uh, to get rid of it. And once you got rid of it, it also makes it easier to come back. So why do you think I'm always under caloric restriction? I look so emaciated because um, I don't want to permabulk again and give myself non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because that was worse than coming off cycle to get my wife pregnant. Yeah. So see a hepatologist, do an, an ultrasound on your liver, do a fibro scan, see how bad it is, and then watch all my non-alcoholic fatty liver disease videos. I think the last two is all you need to watch because that has the conclusion of what worked and didn't work. Let me link it down below. I mean, for $33, I'm, uh, I'm going to do the work for you, bro. <laughs> Here, Steve lost all of his gains. Damn, I was so skinny. But I had hair. All right, let me link it down below. Give that video a watch. I think it will explain everything that I did at the time, what worked and didn't work. Uh, Ken uh, Honaka, 200 tests per week, 200 IOs of GH per day, DHA and pregnenolone for a cruise right now. Should I drop DHA and pregnenolone when I go blast for a contest prep? No, keep it in, man. <laughs> keep it in because it helps to keep you calm, improves your well-being, improves your libido, helps with sleep quality, and we all know that contest prep ruins Sleep quality. Now, will DHA and pregnenolone help with sleep quality when you're on uh, the trembloni sandwich? Perhaps not. But I would still keep it in uh, until maybe the last two weeks when you need to manipulate your estrogen levels. Um, and then you take the DHA and pregnenolone out, right? But it's only the last two weeks. That's what I would recommend to my clients when they were competing. Keep it in all the way through. And then, uh, yeah. And then take it out if needed. But some people don't need to take it out. And at least it keeps the stress at bay. You know, the last two weeks of contest prep is always a bit stressful when you start scrolling online and you look at your competitors and you're like, these guys are in way better shape than I am because they use filters. Olives on pizza, yay or nay? Yes, but it has to be a pepperoni pizza. And um, yeah, I'm not against it. Does a prostate massage increase test? Allegedly, uh, but I wouldn't know. Allegedly. Stevie Young, my first blood on first cycle of test, only 500 milligrams. Well, why is it so high? Why is your testosterone so high? I made many videos about this. Why are you, why are you not starting with 250? Anyway, it's too late now. 500 tests, split Monday and Thursday. Estradiol is at 100 picograms per milliliter. Well, you should have watched my first cycle videos, dude. You could have prevented this. Uh, prolactin, 400 uh, micrograms per liter. Sides are ED, acne, moon phase. Would injecting every other day fix or use an AI? Um, I would start injecting every day and use an AI. Because in this much test, you need AI. 
if you were in 200 tests, maybe 250 on your first cycle, you pin every day, you don't need an AI, maybe your estrogen is 50 picograms per milliliter and your prolactin is in range because your estrogen is in range or low enough, um, favorable enough for your prolactin, not to be this high. Um, yeah, so I would start pinning every day and, and use maybe 25 milligrams aromacin to prevent the conversion of testosterone into estradiol because your estrogen levels are now so high. So you take a pretty hefty dose and then you go to a maintenance dose of, let's say, um, man, you'll have to prove this with blood work four weeks into it, but I would say 12.5 milligrams four times per week. So you do a single dose of 25 milligrams on Monday or, well, yeah, just to do it today. And don't say that you have to order it because you should have the shit in stock when you start your first cycle. I explained this in all the first cycle videos, dummy. So 25 milligrams a day. And then Monday, you start with 12.5 milligrams, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And then four weeks into it, before March is over, you check your blood levels again. Check your serum testosterone, check your serum estrogen levels, total cholesterol while you're at it, LDL, HDL, sigmoidine globulin, right? Prolactin levels. DHA sulfate, see if that's low. Pregnenolone or pregnenolone sulfate or progesterone, if you can test that. All right, do everything you can and watch those TRT videos. Um, you need to. Everybody's talking about pizza now. <laughs> I'm planning to try adding on Primo to my TRT, but I tend to get irritable and anxious with DHT derivatives or when I let DHT go above 100 nanograms per deciliter. Is it still worth using a DHT uh, derivative like Primo if I need to use something to keep DHT, if I need to use something like salt palmetto to keep DHT lower? No, no, because you'll still get a DHT-like effect. So Primobolin, Masterone, uh, Winstrel, Anivar, Anadrol, Superdrol, et cetera, right? All DHT derivatives. And it means uh, if you're already using salt palmetto to keep your DHT levels under control because it makes you irritable, anxious, and perhaps uh, causes you hair loss, then you should not add a DHT derivative on top. You have two options left, or three, uh, halotestin. <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend it um, because that really makes you irritable. But apparently it's, it's totally safe. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Not after reviewing all of the scientific literature. Um, let's see. Uh, Boldenone, but it might be kidney toxic and might cause you anxiety also, which you can mitigate to a certain extent with GABA supplementation. And then there's Nandrolone or more tests. When in doubt, just add more tests. Right? Increase your salt palmetto to keep your DHT levels under control. Um, right? And usually a test uh, makes people feel better. Fidel Cashflow, I became a YouTube member. I guess you liked my answer. Thanks for joining. Igor, good evening, Steve. Is it possible to have nuts and nut grapes for running 19 or testosterone derivatives? That's difficult, but it really depends on the dose. I think if you run 50 to 100 milligrams of nandrolone alongside your TRT, so let's say 200 tests and 50 to 100 milligrams of nandrolone at most, or 250 tests, I think it's still possible if you use HCG and perhaps FSH. And again, I have a video about this, might as well link it. Um, but yeah, if you if you go to like 300 nandrolone, uh, I don't think that that's uh, going to work. And with ment, I mean, it's designed as a male contraceptive, even though it wasn't successful. And Tren, 
man, that just shrinks your nuts. It's like, give me your protein. I need to build muscle. Give me your selenium. I need to build muscle. Give me your taurine. I need to build muscle. Give me your zinc. I need to build muscle. And then your testicles just gone. Yeah, painful. And it's weird because train makes you come really hard, but then nothing comes out. It's like a mist. Poof. <laughs> uh ran 23 or 4r do you know anything about testosterone cycles causing fibrosis on the heart i have not investigated um steroids in depth regarding heart remodeling uh but i do know that testosterone nandrolone and um i didn't find anything for primo i didn't find anything for anivar but it could be um but dandrolone and testosterone have of course been extensively studied so i'm not entirely sure let me have a quick look on pubmed might as well right testosterone cardiac fibrosis couldn't find any studies all right let's try oh here uh, 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 uh. Testosterone-induced focal myocarditis in rats. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Uh, endomyocardial fibrosis in, but that's in elevated testosterone levels. Sudden cardiac death. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, oh, there's actually quite a lot. 64 studies. Well, if you guys were interested in how to keep your heart healthy videos, then I would do it. But nobody seems to be interested in that unfortunately so I, I would advise you to do your own research <laughs> uh i like the stream you slackers it's not gonna happen man uh does paul have paulombalism paulombalism <laughs> no i don't think so uh, paul looks like a, a caucasian tony freeman he's like uh, the great friendly giant what's up welcome for joining the vigorous crew I thought I, I added Victor Black to the spam filter. How is this going through? I need to update my spam filter. Um, yeah. Well, what can you do, man? I'm sure, like, uh, I'm sure there's many posts about me on his Instagram. But hey, talking about me gets your views. Apparently, in case of Dave Palumbo, he got uh, 13,000 views in six days. Nice. That's about... Uh, $60. Epic. Epic. He needs it, I guess. I know. We'll, we'll, we'll react to it at the end of the video. Um, yeah, if he was really taking 120 milligrams, he would be dead already. Yeah, well, you never know, man. Some guys uh, pin uh, a lot. I thought the Liver Talks is a fan made site for Liver King. Uh, no, this is actually a very good website. This is a very good website. Again, it's linked down below. All right. Octavian, it's it's useless, man. I, I was watching uh, Xavier's podcast or live stream yesterday, and he had 500 people watching, and he had like 30 likes. I, I, you know, the best thing I did for my YouTube videos is just Vicar Steve here and you go right into it. I don't ask for likes. I don't ask for comments. I don't ask for subscribes. I just go right into it. And if you like what I'm doing, then you should like. And if you like what I'm doing, you leave a comment. 
but I'm not going to beg for it anymore because it doesn't seem to help. So I stopped asking for it. And guess what? Views are up and revenue is up and comments are up if YouTube doesn't turn them off. All right, sorry, Sebastian, to make you wait. I'm cutting currently at 15% body fat and TRT. When would you deploy Anavar during a cut at which body fat? Which ancillaries would you recommend? And uh, when do you add in the ancillary? Blood work is okay, but hematic rate is 51. Well, that's not too high. Next time you go in for blood work, make sure that you are fully hydrated. And the aromatic rate might be two points lower at 49%. So uh, I would say 54% is high. But on TRT, that's rare. Uh, unless you have sleep apnea. So maybe you need to do a sleep study. Uh, but let's uh, stick to the question for now. So uh, I would deploy the Anavar from 10% onwards. Because if you do it now, your body fat levels are too high for the cosmetic changes to set in. And ultimately, we take the Anavar for cosmetic changes. Um, you might be able to get away with a low dose, 5 to 10 milligrams, right, for performance, even though that won't give you that much cosmetic changes, but it will make you stronger. Uh, you get a better contractile capacity, um, you know, mind-muscle connection, strength, obviously, and muscularity ultimately will go up. And then uh, you increase the dose of Anavar when you're below 10% body fat, where you can actually see the cosmetic changes. Because now you're just too fat for 25 or 20 milligrams Anavar, right? Even though you will get strong, even though you will improve your overall body composition, um, you can't really see the cosmetic changes that much. So why would you subject yourself to an increased dose of Anavar, Anavar which is going to increase your liver enzymes and skew your lipid parameters, um, when you can do that later, right? Because it, it highly depends on what endpoint you want to end up at but i'm assuming you want to get down to 10 percent or lower right where you see all of your abs and then um you know you can take your pictures and spam those on instagram and get all the the ladies the ancillaries i would deploy depends on how bad your blood work is right fish oil berberine citrus bergamot they're all known to improve your lipid parameters and if that's not enough then you can look into azetamide uh 10 milligrams upon waking but it's not always required on trt plus a low dose anivor um, I don't think your blood pressure will go up, especially if you're dieting, then usually your blood pressure is under control, but look into magnesium and calcium, vitamin D3 and a vitamin K to keep that under control. And then otherwise there's always still mesartan and liver enzymes might go up. So look into tutka or atka and acetylcysteine, uh, a good amount of fiber with your diet. And um, I think that's about it. Yeah, so it's basically all the over-the-counter, the cookie cutter over-the-counter supplements that everybody should deploy on cycle. Um, and at one point, when the supplements don't keep your blood work parameters in range anymore, then you look into the ancillaries. Yeah. Man, I got a dry mouth today. Right. How deep? All the way. Do something. <laughs> Uh, I got to mix in dad jokes, otherwise everybody loses their attention span. Uh, <laughs> do subcutaneous injections need to be? Now that you mention it, I always try to make it shallow. I get some leaking too. Is 45 degrees with insulin pin uh, uh, deep enough, or is that shallow? I, I would do the 13 milliliters insulin or 13 millimeter insulin syringes. Um, I guess that's half an inch. And, and that will be deep enough for me. Yeah, even at a milliliters per day, I would never get seepage. Um, so, so maybe if you're using the four milliliter or the uh, not milliliter, millimeter, Steve, millimeter. If you're using the four millimeter or eight millimeter insulin syringes, that it might not be deep enough. Uh, but thirteen should definitely be deep enough, and I would do it at a nineteen degree angle. So if your uh, fat is like this, you go in like that. Look at this arm. 
at that. This is why I still follow caloric restriction because it looks too damn good. Um, so uh, imagine what it would look on a little bit of TRT. Ooh, can't wait. So yeah, I would do 90 degrees, not 45, because at 45, you're not as deep as you could be with a 13 millimeter, millimeter insulin syringe. Hey, Steve, I got anhedonia from breathing too much air. Should I give up on life? Uh, no. No, because giving up on life is kind of selfish, and there's usually people around you who need you. Um, so if you need some purpose to keep going, uh, look into your immediate surroundings and stay alive for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure if you're serious, but if you're serious about this, then please seek some guidance for these kinds of thoughts. And if you're just trolling, you shouldn't really troll about these kinds of things. Um, yeah, some things are not worth... Not, aren't troll worthy i would say but if you're if you're serious then dude just just talk with your friends right it's uh yeah there's always a reason to continue right. is thc and cannabinoid uh, oil uh cardiotoxic can it be used on cycle uh, i'm not sure if it's cardiotoxic uh, but it, it does uh, impair brain function and increase your prolactin levels and lowers um, your libido. And even though uh, steroids increase your libido, maybe the net outcome is that you're just unproductive and stupid and don't want to, um, uh, you know, uh, multiply <laughs> or at least practice to multiply. So I'm not a big fan of THC or cannabinoid oil or anything. Some people swear by it, right? Some people like CBD with a little bit of THC before bed. Everybody's different. And just because I don't like it, um, and don't really do research on these topics because I generally do a lot of research on things that I find interesting. And having smoked uh, many AWEs, including recently here in Thailand, uh, I fucking hate how it feels. I have to say it. I, just, I don't like the feeling. Yeah. And it was after two, two puffs. I was like, fuck, man, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I feel fucking weird, you know? So, no. I'll, I'll stick to whiskey. First pizza out of the oven. Hope my mom and stepdad love it. Oh, they better. Just put some fucking olives on it. <laughs> if they can play. <laughs> uh, what would be a good ratio of IGF-1 to uh, anabolic steroids? 50 micrograms daily to uh, every 250. Man, I wrote this in the off-season cycles with bioidentical ebook. Uh, let me whip it up. Because I can't remember off the top of my head. But I think that was a very good ratio. Uh, Off-season cycles. You know, when you haven't used, like, your uh, software for a while, and then it goes completely ballistic with alerts. Uh, page... did I say for like it was a certain amount of steroids I think or is it on the other one oh here it is man this ebook so good <laughs> all right caloric intake Uh, 
And if people didn't copy these ebooks all the time, I would update them. Uh, IGF-1. 25 to 50 micrograms IGF-1 LR3 for every uh, 220 to 250 milligrams of testosterone, including the ester. So that's, uh, let's say if you're on 500 tests, that would be 100 micrograms IGF-1 LR3. Yeah, that seems to be a good ratio, but feel free to increase that. I mean, I use 500 micrograms Incrolex, um, you know, and, and that worked pretty well also. I'm off it now, which sucks because now my workout capacity is kind of diminished. So yeah, it's it's basically 50 micrograms to 100 micrograms for every 250 milligrams testosterone or steroids in total. And uh, so let's say if you're on a gram and you go towards the top range, that would be uh, a gram per week. So that's 100 times four, 400 micrograms, right? So it's not reasonable to run 500 micrograms uh, if you're on a, a proper cycle of, let's say, uh, 1,250 milligrams steroids per week. And then you do 250 micrograms IGF-1 uh, LR3 DES or Incrolex bilaterally in the muscle that you're going to train. I've did a post-workout, pre-workout, um, with growth hormone, without growth hormone, in the morning sub Q, right? But it seems the pre-workout gives the best pumps and the best results regarding recovery, even though some of that IGF-1 might leak out of the skeletal muscle while you're training and go systemic, right? And then grow your organs. Allegedly, I know, I'm, I, my, I could still pull a vacuum, but I'm not on steroids, so maybe there's some overlapping effect there. Um, difference between DES, LR3, and Incrolex. I mean, it has to do with the binding affinity for the IGF-1 binding protein 3 and the other IGF uh, binding proteins. And, uh, you know, IGF-1, LR3, and Incrolex all have a localized effect, but the half-life might be uh, well different, right? Uh, this is, let's say, fast-acting, LR3 is long-acting, and inter Incrolex is either intermediate-acting. All right, Mr. B. On 125 milligrams a week, uh, testosterone replacement therapy, would an oral such as anivore trinobol be more effective if taken daily so it's always in the body? Uh, yes. Is it pointless to use uh, opportunistically just a few times a week? Well, that's still better than not taking it. <laughs> so let's say you take anivore uh, five times a week pre-workout. That's better than not taking any anivore. And the same goes for trinobol. Usually I would say that oxymetolone anadrol has a more of a more acute effect, um, perhaps due to non-genomic responses. So I feel that oxymetolone is a really good pre-workout where you feel that acutely. So I used to use oxymetolone like twice a week, 25 milligrams, 50 milligrams before a leg day, which I did twice per week, right? Once per quads and once for hamstrings and glutes and the doctors and calves. Um, and, and then so that's 100 milligrams or 50 milligrams oxymetolone over the week, but you take that in two servings. Whereas with Anivar, I would say, regarding the connective tissue and the collagen synthesis and overall muscularity, I would still prefer to take that every day. But if you want to give your liver a break or you want to space out your pharmaceutical uh, oxandrolone and uh, take Turinable on rest days like the other guy I mentioned, then uh, the MMA guy earlier on, then feel free to do so. I would prefer to keep everything stable, but of course, if you keep everything stable and you take 50 milligrams uh, oxymetolone anadrol per day, then uh, you might be very, very bloated. Yeah. Does trend make you go for big, busty women? I can't remember. I haven't used it in like a decade. Yeah, it's almost a decade now. Yeah, so I, I was using Trin when I met my wife, and she was not a big busty woman. 
And she was busty though, but not not like you would see online, right? Not like the the the, the South American um, or the South African BBWs. Um, those are uh, considerably more thick with many ACs. So, but yeah, uh, I've heard uh, guys go for fat chicks, and I've heard guys go for ladyboys or for uh, BBLs or BBWs. <laughs> Right? I mean, it, it appears that Trimbalone um, changes your sexual preference. Oh, I forgot one. Big house. Sorry. What are your thoughts on low-dose Dianabol before confidence-requiring events? Uh, guys, come on. Come on. Now, now, we're just, now we're just looking for excuses to run drugs. All right? Uh, you get a massive boost in mood when taking it. Get some sides. Might be mitigated for the estrogen bump. I mean, if you need it, you need it. Right? There's there's a thousand ways or a thousand roads to Rome. But um I mean you could take some nootropics, you could take some L theanine, you could take some GABA, you can take some fuck low dose Valium or Naproxen. There's so many things to give you more confidence, including sublingual dihydrotestosterone. testosterone. I mean that will give you confidence in libido. Fucking hell, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Um so yeah, if if you feel that you need it and you want this as an excuse to run some Diana Ball, then after your confidence requiring event, you go to the fucking gym and get yourself a pump and put the Diana Ball to real work. Okay? Yeah. But I don't see a reason to do it that way. Eric Carrier, uh, should macros change when starting to I use growth hormone? Currently on 250 tests per week, running 350 milligrams. Oh, milligrams. <laughs> Steve. 320 grams of carbs, 205 grams of protein, that five grams matter, man. 80 grams of fat. I'm 190 pounds, hoping to recomp. Okay, so let's um, uh, keep the calories the same. Drop the carbs to 250, increase the protein to 275, and keep the fats the same. And then, uh, and then I think everything will turn out well. But the macros will change not because of the growth hormone, but because you want to recomp. And recomping seems to go better when your carb intake and protein intake is uh, somewhat f the same or your carb intake is lower than your protein intake. Ultimately, you might end up in a ketogenic diet. Can too much HCG cause testicular damage? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Yeah, and that's usually in the context of pituitary adenomas where um, a luteinizing hormone or, or maybe even HCG levels are chronically elevated, can cause thyroid cancer and testicular cancer. And I think that's, that's documented, albeit that I'm not entirely sure. Let me, let me go to PubMed um, before I run my mouth. <laughs> HCG, testicular cancer. Oh, it already comes up. Adrena cornic, malignant teratoma of the testes in subfertile men treated with HCG and HMG, a case report. Ouch. 30, 93 cases of germinal testicular tumors with urinary gonadotropin HCG values. Oh, that's HCG. I don't know. I think I read some instances of, of testicular issues with chronically elevated HCG levels. Oh, HCG in monitoring the course of testicular tumors. 29 patients with metastasizing testicular tumors. Uh, serial determination for monitoring 17. Oh, no, they monitor HCG. And I, and I have to look into it because this search parameter gave me 1,100 studies. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that a, a thousand IOS HCG, I, I think I researched that dose and it seemed to be reasonably doable for longer periods of time in the context of fertility protocols. But I think from higher dosages, let's say you do 2000 IOS three times per week, I think some issues might occur, right? But most, most of the, from what I remember doing the research, again, it's a while back, um, elevated, chronically elevated HCG or LH from pituitary adenomas where you just have over secretion can cause issues with your thyroid and issues with your testicles. But it's been a while. It's been a while. If you edge before prostate massage, uh, more gains. Yeah, I, I would assume so. <laughs> yeah, you, you might want to tell the prostate massage therapist to put on one of those uh, goggles. Because if if they're too close, and if you've been edging, then uh, I don't know, fountains. What was that scene from? Uh, what's that movie American Pie? Where the guy comes out of campus and just comes like a boatload. It's just like that. <laughs> Bumpy dingus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, currently, 300 milligrams testosterone, dynamethane, calcium, diglucuride, DHA, pregnenolone. Right. Sounds like a, a vigorous Steve protocol. Came down from 350 tests to manage estradiol sites, moving to 250 milligrams tests, 5 milligrams of bar uh, every day. Not erectile dysfunction. 250 IOS HCG, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Could HCG push me into the high estrogen sites? Yes, it can. Keeping the DHA and pregnenolone. Um, manage add two sites. Okay, so I don't see any mention of blood work here, which I do advise you to get because you might be mistaking something else for estrogen sites, right? So before you start manipulating, just get the data. Uh, do your blood work. You'll have the results in a week in most countries. And otherwise, tell them to speed the fuck up so you can make the appropriate adjustments right at the same time. Um, right? If you think you have estrogen sides, then yes, reducing the test. Um, but adding in the HCG, that will probably give you a net result of the same estrogen levels. And, um, you know, I don't know what your DHA and pregnenolone dose is. 500 grams of anovar per day will not have any suppressive effect on your serum estradiol levels. I've never seen it play out on blood work, even at higher dosages. Um, so I, I would do blood work first and then decide the next step because even 250 IOS HCG Monday, Wednesday, Friday could give you a, an equivalent of testosterone on top of the testosterone of 200 tests and HCG compared to uh, 300 tests. And HCG is pretty potent, man. It can give you a lot of total testosterone from your testicles. So, I don't know, do your blood work. And, and maybe you need an aromatized inhibitor. Maybe the dinomethane and calcium diglucrate is not sufficient, you know? Mm, finishing cut at 350 milligrams testosterone cypionate weekly and oxandrolone 10 milligrams daily. Need to do TRT dark labs. How long for 175 milligrams testosterone cypionate weekly so I don't pop hot and lose the scripts? I pin daily. Uh, let's see. Oxandrolone, I would say four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Run your tutka, run your azetamide, run your fish oil, run your citrus bergamot. Make sure that um, your lipids and your liver enzymes are not that bad and are representative of... 175 milligrams of testosterone CPNA per week. 
and f even feel free to stop the testosterone uh, cypionate from 350 to zero milligrams per week, two weeks is usually enough to crush your serum levels quite favorably. And then you restart the, the testosterone cypionate at 175 milligrams per week. And don't tell me that you're going to feel crazy after stopping this much test for two weeks. It's placebo. Really, you can cruise for four to six weeks after your last shot, and then you start to feel like a little girl. But two weeks, that's not the end of the world. So make sure you run your liver supplements and your uh, cholesterol supplements, drop the testosterone cypionate for two weeks, and then you will start at 175 milligrams per week. And if you really want to improve your lipids and your liver enzymes, fast for five and a half days. It will improve your blood parameters tremendously. Yeah, or bring your brother who's not on TRT, and then instead of sliding your arm in, you slide your brother's arm in from the back, and then they take his blood, and like, oh, I'm sorry, you're looking perfectly healthy. <laughs> if only, right? Uh, if only it was as easy as, uh, you know, passing urine samples for the water doping officer. Ah. Uh. Is an AI necessary on 300 tests with sites other than light acne? If I get sites, what does, what should I start with for an AI? And should I keep my DHC and pregnant alone in? Um, well, acne could be from the injection frequency, not just elevated estradiol. Most men do need an um, aromatized inhibitor on 300 tests. So why don't we start with daily micro administrations, preferably sub-Q for the most stable serum concentrations. Then do your blood work two to four weeks into making that adjustment. Acne, you can manage. Right, cut out the dairy, uh, change the sheets, shower four times per day. Right, use you know uh, the, the 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 shampoos or, or the facial foams or whatever that are acne friendly, and um, and then do your blood work in the meantime. Check where your serum estradiol levels are on a daily micro administrations, and then see if you need to use an aromatized inhibitor. Right, it's step by step. I'm sure you can persist another four weeks in light acne. I mean, I have light acne. And, and, you know, my serum estradiol levels are, are 45 picograms per milliliter. My testosterone is 820 by, uh, nanograms per deciliter based on the latest blood work results. And uh, it's not the end of the world, right? And, and my, my hormone levels are in range. So, and I think that the HCG that I inject sub-Q has stable secretion. Again, uh, you don't have to donate if you're already a member. <laughs> You don't have to super chat if you already paid for membership, bro. But I appreciate it. And thank you for signing up to the private Facebook groups uh, back in the day, man. Those were the days, right? And, and now I slowly uh, release, or I think I already released most of the important articles from the private Facebook group as videos. Uh, we had very lengthy videos about, uh, you know, estrogen and very lengthy videos about endurance and very lengthy video about acne. And I think I translated most of them but I just needed a private place um, for uh, article writing. So thanks for being a proofreader and if, thanks for asking follow-up questions because I learned a lot. And I think those articles were great, um, but of course, follow-up questions is where you learn more, right? Because you didn't think about the certain thing, you didn't mention it in a particular article and then the follow-up questions allows you to expand. Yeah, those were the days when I was unknown and I had privacy. Hey Steve, apologies if this is a newbie question, but I want to, uh, but I want perfectly accurate blood work. Do I take the week off fasted cardio in addition to lifting? Currently, six days a week, thirty minutes. Yes. Yeah, so, so um, 
And do know that lifting can increase liver enzymes uh, for, let's say, up to seven days, depending on the intensity. I'm not entirely sure if cardio increases metabolic markers. It might improve serum triglycerides, obviously, and, and uh, lipid levels, right? Total cholesterol, LDL, and HDL uh, ratio. Um, biotin, you might want to abstain from because that can have uh, an effect on certain markers. Maybe abstain from that for a week. But, you know, I always feel that if you want perfectly accurate blood work, then you should just do the exact same thing you always do because that's what you do most of the time. And you want to see what your blood work looks like when you um, uh, take that at a day that's representative of any other day. If you want to manipulate your blood work results for insurance, okay, take a week off, right? Don't take your biotin, right? Make fast for a week. It will improve your blood work parameters like I mentioned earlier. Um, I then everything is in range, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you want to know what's going on in, in, inside your body, then I would just do it from one day to the next, you know, and obviously you don't take your, uh, B 100 complex or multivitamin with biotin the day before, and still, you know, you might still get uh, a little bit of an alteration in markers. I'm not entirely sure. I think growth hormone is affected by it. Biotin, blood work markers. Uh, biotin can affect a wide variety of blood work. Let's see. Troponin, uh, help to diagnose heart attacks. Thyroid hormone tests, thyroid stimulating hormone, thyroxine and T3 tests, uh, parathyroid, cortisol, follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, and vitamin D, D levels. All right, so it does affect a good amount. And how many days should I stop this? Uh, 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 a few days before the test. All right. A few days. All right. Maybe next time I'll, I'll, I won't do my biotin and then maybe my FSH is like zero. <laughs> no. What's going on? Where are we? Can you microdose uh, testosterone propionate 20 to 30 milligrams three times a week to pass the water test within five days of the last dose? Um, I think the detection time is uh, five to... No, it's longer. It's two weeks. Let me confirm that in my... I have this here somewhere. One second, guys. I got too many files in my uh, notes folder. Where is it, dude? I got too many notes. All right, one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Testosterone propionate. Two weeks. Yeah. Detection time is two weeks. So, no, you would not be able to pass in five days. That's uh, testosterone suspension. That's, what was it, four to seven days, depending on the amount. Um, yeah. yeah. Or you combine it with epi testosterone. But for those protocols, uh, you're better off scheduling a consultation. And that's expensive, man. Epi testosterone. Because you have to get it from those research sites, but then at least you know that your epitestosterone is really epitestosterone. Yeah. Uh, 
I did the <laughs> Octavian. Stop spamming me to watch Shogun. Um, so I saw that it's I come by on the torrent websites and I downloaded it. But I have a feeling that I want want to marathon this series because I was watching Halo. I mean, the series is not that great, but what else are you going to watch? And then, you know, you go through the first two episodes or three episodes, and then I have to wait every week. So I fucking hate that, dude. So I'm, I'm going to download all the episodes as they come out so it goes nice and fast, right? 12 megabytes per second, baby. And then, uh, then I'll just stock them uh, for when I have time. Steve could answer that. He's the expert here. What's the question? If it's not a super chat or a member question, I probably don't see it because the, the questions keep coming. And I'm 20 minutes behind. Jesus, fuck. Man. Uh, same. Feel foggy and lazy when I smoke. Don't like it at all. Yeah, I'm really 20 minutes behind. Okay. Uh, Tarek Diop. Let me see if there's a question there. Oh, there it is. One second. I'll get to it. Uh, cheat clap is aromatization lin linear between Natty and on test. Um, if you only go on testosterone, then yes. But if you add in nandrolone, then it's increased. And then if you add in uh, reversely binding aromatized inhibitors in form of DHT derivatives or dermatabolites or boldenone or dermatabolites, then it's uh, less linear because now you're inhibiting the aromatized enzyme. But if you just go on test, then yeah, I would say that that's linear. Right, but I'm sure there's probably some scientific evidence where you see that it tapers off because how much, right? If you're you're if if testosterone levels go up and you recomp at the same time and you reduce adipose tissue where mostly the aromatization occurs because you keep your calories the same, right? So you didn't increase your caloric intake, you start training harder and thus your body fat levels came down, then your potential for aromatization goes down and it's no longer linear, it kind of tapers. Yeah. You'll be surprised how much tests you can run without an aromatized inhibitor if you're like four to six percent body fat. Oh man! And still, people want to take two point five mill or yeah, two point five milligrams letrozole every day, guys. Uh, spot me, bro. I'm currently running two hundred fifty tests, two hundred primo. I'm bulking right now. I want to add another compound to the stack. Is there anything you recommend that's not too wet? Or should I stick with what I'm on? Now, uh, growth hormone, it's not too wet if you stick to 2.4, 2 to 4 IUs, but you're bulking, so you might add a little bit of water retention. Uh, super droll, but it's only a two-week love affair. Anadrol, I would leave out, unless you do it twice per week. And then, well, Anavar, right? It's the golden triangle, test, primo, Anavar. All roads load or lead to this stack. Test, primo, Anavar. You don't need anything else. So, of course, you won't see the cosmetic changes when you're bulking. Um, so, on this cycle, I would add in 10 milligrams per day. Yeah, should be enough. Let the food work. Uh, thoughts on Wesley Visser's win? Uh, scroll back, and I already commented at the beginning of this video. Tarek Diab, uh, taking 200 test E and 300 Mastrone, HG 500 IOs three times a week. My body weight in four. My blood work in four weeks, albumin was 48 grams per liter. I'm not sure if that's high or not. Uh, let me see. Albumin reference range. Uh, grams per liter. Okay, so that's really the normal range, right? The normal range is 3.4 to 5.4 grams per deciliter. So that I think... 
you know, I think that's in the normal range. Estradiol is high though. That's uh, the, the reference range goes to up 160 picograms from uh, per liter. So you're a little bit over that. SSBG is low, which is to be expected on this much masterone. Progesterone is 1.6, that's normal. Prolactin is 64, uh, is that normal? I mean, I wish you guys would uh, include the reference ranges because there's many different um, ones. And I don't remember all of them. Sixty-four. I would say that that's low. Testosterone fifty-eight nanomoles per liter. That's high in free testosterone forty-five. Okay, so uh, oh here, and I took it the mastron, uh, and it's not an option anymore. And added in aromacin six point five milligrams three times a week and kept the test as it was. What what do you think? Okay, so you're replacing. I would add in more because your estradiol levels are already super physiological and you might might give you some issues later on. Uh, so I would add in 12.5 milligrams of romacin three times per week instead of 6.5 or 6.25 to replace your 300 masterone. Yeah, because... But later on, you might have to reduce that. I know, I, I would start with 12.5 milligrams because your estradiol levels are high now. The masterone will be tapering off over the next couple of weeks. So you still get some uh, reduction in serum estradiol levels. Um, and then I would do blood work again in four weeks. Just check your estradiol levels. The SHBG might be a, li a little bit higher. And I don't see an issue with your progesterone, prolactin, or testosterone levels. Um, and then maybe drop your aromacin again to 6.25 milligrams. Yeah, that's that's what I would do. Yeah, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I found it. Uh, let's see. Tarek Diab. Uh, no, I took out the Mastron. Okay, so we just answered that. Right. Derek, is there a question with that? Uh, 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 uh. No, there's not. Thanks for the super sticker. Oh, here it is. God, love the content. Uh, it's been a ton of help. What do you think about 250 tests a week with 200 uh, with 20 milligrams trainable? I want to say athletic and have a good cardio. I think I have a video about this. If test and, and the anabol is a good cycle, but yeah, I think it's a fine cycle. All right, if you want to stay athletic and have a good cardio, then Turinabol is probably the best oral you can run because anecdotally, a lot of people experience heightened stamina, and Turinabol was actually designed for athletes yeah the only steroid developed for athletes boldenone developed for horses and camels trembolone developed for uh cows right to, as, uh, to increase feed efficiency and boldenone is also used to increase feed efficiency in some uh livestock uh nandrolone has been designed for um what was it originally designed for man anyway uh, there's so many steroids we're not going to have to mention all of them but terrinabol was actually designed for athletes back in the good old um days of the Bundesrepublik in uh, Germany yeah, to beat uh, all the all the other countries at the Olympics, right? America had the Anibal and uh, Germany had Turinabal. So, and I, I believe a lot of records were broken on Turinabal. It's... Oh, did I miss? Is there a gap in the questions? All right. 
Oh, I guess everybody is, went through the question. I, saw, <laughs> I thought it was 20 minutes behind, and now we're, okay, now we're only seven minutes behind. Super Chat's taking off. Yeah, man, it's just nonstop. It's just non-fucking-stop. Yeah, maybe that's why Dave Palumbo was upset. Don't hate the player, man. Hate the game. Super <laughs> physiological dad. Uh, oh, here's the question. I accidentally sent an empty super. No worries. I found you. I got you, buddy. Uh, what do you think about Scott Stevenson Speak Week? Dude, that's the best thing ever. I'll fucking link it down below right away. Scott Stevenson, and I think he's a co-author. Uh, PubMed. He's a co-author because he uh, Peak Week recommendations for bodybuilders. This is one of the best fucking publications on PubMed, hands down. Uh, I'm going to write a full citation for it shortly. This is this is the best article you can you'll ever read. Right, it's from uh, Guillermo Escalante, Scott Stevenson, Christopher Baccarat, Alan Aragon, and Brad Schoenfield. I mean, those are some great fucking names. Yeah, those are some great fucking names. So, um, fat loading Sunday works absolutely great. Carb loading uh, Wednesday. Uh, wait, wait, fat loading. Uh, carbs. Man, this is hard to decipher. Wednesday night to Fridays. Cut sodium. From what I understand is that you do two-day carb loads and then a one-day fat loads, and then you manipulate your sodium and water um, until... But just follow the instructions, dude. <laughs> just follow the instructions. It will work. I used it on something extremely similar, extremely similar as this um, stack with all of my athletes that were competing in drug-tested shows. And here's another one because there's another study that helps with this. And I think um, the guys from 3D Muscle Journey also published a study like this. Man, what is his name? One second. Uh-uh. One second, one second. Eric Helms, sorry. I <laughs> can't believe I forgot his name. Eric Helms, he also had something similar published. Um, Eric R. Helms. Is this by date? Most recent. Evidence-based recommendations for natural bodybuilders. I mean, days are good, man. When you can find three publications on PubMed, how to peak for a show, and it's evidence-based, and it's for naturals and enhanced lifters. Right? Well, what works for naturals usually also works for enhanced lifters, albeit that you might need to increase your carb intake because you have more muscle mass. So yeah, give those a watch or a read. Oh, we're already at the end. Thank God. Finally up to speed. This is like a rush every time, dude. It's just like answering, answering, answering. Like, oh, shit, I got two and a half hours. I got all these questions to get to. And uh, all right. So now I can talk a little bit less fast. Finally. 
Protocol for hair loss. If you blast 19 nores, could you uh, recover hair follicles during cruises? A year round, five milligrams oral minoxidil. I I'm going to be honest. I'm not too familiar with hair loss, dude. I mean, look at me. <laughs> Fucking look at me. I'm not the guy to ask. Um, so, I mean, I would not use oral minoxidil because it's a stereogenesis inhibitor. I would not make a dose to get a conazole or the monoxyl shampoo because it can even permeate the, the skin and uh, and cause lo uh, systemic effects. So, you know, are you 58841? Some people get a good response and, and that might be a good topical androgen receptor blocker. And it, it you know, a lot of guys mix in like their dutastrate, or what was it, 0.5% dutastrate shampoo with five percent cataconazole and then just use that sparingly under scalp um and if you blast with 19 nors then you know if it's an androlone allegedly that's hair safe but if you blast mint and trimblone alongside of that then it might not be hair safe and then you know you have to look into the total androgen burden also right i mean they're all steroids so uh yeah all roads leads two way you either shave or you don't take so much steroids but I don't think there's a middle ground. But again, I'm not I'm not too familiar with hair loss, guys. I'm I'm not the right guy to ask. <laughs> uh fragrance man, just finished 200 milligrams testosterone recipient, 50 milligrams pharma and of our eight weeks. Jesus fucking Christ, that's a lot. That's a lot. 75 milligrams uh tremble on eight per week, I'm assuming 10 weeks. My lipids were blown out. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Just 180 milligrams test now, H40. So I assume that you want uh, a lipid protocol. Again, off the top of my head, fish oil with every meal. Citrus bergamot, morning and evening, 500 milligrams. Berberine, 500 milligrams before bed. Uh, 10 milligrams zetamide, right? Increasing your healthy fat intake from avocado, macadamias, uh, healthy sources of uh, free-range uh, beef or other livestock right uh not too much saturated fat and potentially a good amount of omega-3s because the chickens eat flax seeds add some chia seeds to your meal and then uh, you're going to have to wait until the anivar and the trembolone and the surplus of testosterone of 20 milligrams per week metabolizes because everything takes time to improve your lipids right uh, keep doing your daily fasted cardio man you're 40 years old and you can still run train i'm jealous i'm jealous let me turn this off a little bit more. All right. All right. Jason, what's up, bro? How would you structure your diet if you have a little uh, early heart disease? I'm not a doctor. I, I, I would discuss this with a cardiologist, Jason. All right. I, I would do everything to get my CAC score under control and that might not have to do with my diets but with natto kinase and limbro kinase and seropeptase and uh, maybe very high dosages of vitamin k i mean my cac score was zero in the last test and i i don't think i need to do that anytime soon again because i've been off steroids and i eat healthy year round um so you know it's 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 a little bit of an afterthought for regarding my uh, calcification in my arteries which there were none last time improvement the ct scan with contrast and that contrast can be more detrimental um for your kidney parameters also so why overdo that all the time um so i would stay away from saturated fats 
and I would stay away from a high total cholesterol intake. And then, of course, everybody's going to go crazy in the comment section. Total uh, or uh, uh, cholesterol, dietary cholesterol has no um, effect on cardiovascular disease and blah, 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 blah. But hey, you, you can never be too safe if your CAC score is already um, over zero, right? So, so look into methods to reverse that and look into a diet that is known not to uh, make it worse, right? And of course, inflammation can worsen your um, a plaque buildup because uh, C-reactive protein actually damages the inside of your arteries. And now LDL foam cells can get stuck, which then calcify. And then, um, of course, your CAC score goes up. But keep in mind, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a cardiologist. I'm not specialized in plaque. Um, so so uh, do additional research and discuss this with your cardiologist, not some random guy that you pay $5 online right this these kinds of problems you don't ask me you ask a cardiologist please but I, from what i've seen it seems to be pretty reversible brendan how much uh, how many more times are you going to spam this or do you want me to put you in timeout <laughs> all right uh, my ferritin is at the bottom of the reference range but my serum iron is just above this reference range i'm at 50 hemoglobin 70.5 red blood cell count 5.35, 250 milligrams of testosterone per week. Is there a follow-up? So low ferritin, I don't think that that's um, an indication of something bad um, because it, it's just a store in transport of uh, iron, but it could still mean that your ferritin is elevated in skeletal muscle or other tissues, right? You're reading it in the bloodstream, but ferritin is found everywhere. So maybe uh, serum iron is elevated uh, because you're dehydrated. Maybe serum iron is elevated because you eat a lot of iron. And um, how to increase ferritin levels? I'm not sure if that's even possible. Uh, low ferritin. Uh, low ferritin can lead to iron deficient anemia. Yeah, well, that's it's total picture. Isn't it malnutrition or something? Low. Yeah, so it says that you should be anemic and you have low iron levels, but that's not the case. So it could just be a temporary state, man. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Not entirely sure. D3, you said you want to be back on testosterone replacement therapy. Since your test is at 800 uh, nanograms per deciliter on ATG alone, I'm wondering why. Uh, well, what will feel different? Just higher levels. Well, if you go from 800 in the morning to 1500 the entire day that's a big fucking difference trust me and of course i have very fond memories of training insane which i do miss <laughs> so i would i would fucking be very happy with 150 milligrams testosterone per week now yeah 2.4 i use gh uh a little bit of dha and pregnenolone which i did did add in 25 milligrams of dha because it seems that it's pretty low otherwise and my you know mood was suffering a little bit so i added in 25 milligrams of dha i added in 10 milligrams of pregnenolone but i saw that my progesterone levels were like two two and a half on some blood work results so i took the progesterone or the pregnenolone out again so right now i'm on 25 milligrams dha um which as far as i can tell only has beneficial effects on fertility at least in men and women it's to be debated but in men it does seem to have a beneficial effect hcg Thousand IUs three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Seventy-five IUs uh, FSH, 
every day, 2.4 IUs growth hormone uh, before fasted cardio 1.2 and before the workout 1.2. And then I was on Incrolex, but I took that out because I wanted to save the remaining uh, boxes for when I do go back on cycle. So uh, it's not the end of the world, obviously, uh, but I noticed that motivation is a little bit less than it is on TRT. Um, sometimes I procrastinate. And of course, it's not a good reason to take steroids. Uh, but I, I distinctly remember being on anything over 150 milligrams of testosterone any day per week, that life was better. Um, so after my wife is pregnant and we pass that uh, trimester, that first trimester, then uh, yes, straight to the fucking butt cheeks, man. Right away. Anything you can avoid taking at the same time as Tutka. I heard it worsens the effects of alcohol when taken at the same time. In the same way, say, anovar and fluvoxamine. Uh, there's an overlap with anovar and fluvoxamine. I took that at the same time. I didn't notice the difference. But fluvoxamine can uh, inhibit the metabolism of a lot of compounds because it's a cytochrome P450 enzyme inhibitor. Oh, let me adjust my nutsack. Talking about HCG. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Chrysippus. Um, so yeah, fluvoxamine uh, inhibits the breakdown of many compounds, but I can't say that my testosterone or anivar or whatever else was working more uh, when I was running fluvoxamine, either after taking the modafinil out, which is a cytochrome P450 enzyme inducer. Now regarding Tutka, at the same time as alcohol, I'm not, um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, uh, Tutka, of course, increases bile acid production, and that might... Um, you know speed up uh well it, it does it does speed up the the rate at which nutrients pass uh the uh, intestinal tract so you poop more and you uh and, and you might reduce the absorption of particular compounds that take a long time to uh, absorb orally right so if, if some steroids for whatever reason have a very long uh, time to absorb from the intestinal tract, which usually isn't the case, especially if you take it on an empty stomach uh, or sublingual is better, then potentially um, it might uh, reduce the bioavailability. But I can't say that there's any scientific evidence to support that. So let me, now, now I'm uh, intrigued. Tutka alcohol. I know. Google doesn't give me... Oh, how long after Tutka can I drink alcohol? We would advise against taking Tutka before alcohol, especially before excessive drinking, as this can be dangerous. And what is the danger then? I guess I'll have to do some research on my free time. Because um, I do like Tatka and I do like a glass of whiskey here and there. Thanks, I just don't want to be a damn vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but I think if you like a carnivore diet, of course, your your cholesterol is, is quite high, but it's also... Uh, right, your dietary cholesterol is is high on a carnivore diet, but your inflammatory state is generally the lowest it is out of all the diets 
uh, certainly lower than than you know a processed food diet. So I, I would say clean up your diet and do a you know a food test for food intolerances. Remove all the foods that cause you inflammatory issues or digestive issues, and then you're already well ahead. And then you look into natokinase, uh, lumbrokinase, seropeptase, high dose vitamin K, and and schedule you know uh, some talk with your cardiologist to see what else you can do. All right, we've gone through all the membership uh, member questions in the super chats. All right, now I can breathe. And sorry, guys, for all the guys that posted questions. In the meantime, um, oh, well, <laughs> the show must go on. Uh, opinions on this plant stack. 500 tests weekly, four weeks of 20 milligrams trainable every day, eight weeks primo, 30, 300 milligrams weekly, one to two weeks of 50 milligrams anadrol the last two weeks. So you want to do a trainable kickstart with 500 milligrams of test, uh, then eight weeks on primo, and the last two weeks, 50 milligrams anadrol. I, I mean, I'm sure it will work, and, and I'm not against it, but you do need some aromatase enzyme inhibition with this much test in the first four weeks, because Turinable, uh, as far as I can tell from blood work analysis, doesn't really have a suppressive effect on uh, serum estradiol levels. So you would need an aromatase inhibitor in the beginning. I don't think that 300 milligrams of Primo can suppress all of the estrogen from the 500 tests that you're taking. So you might need to increase the dose of Primo or lower the testosterone dose or still add in an aromatase inhibitor. And since Anadrol um, allegedly this is a very big allegedly interacts with the estrogen receptor um although i can't find any clear scientific evidence that it doesn't feel free to quote me a study guys but a fucking study that anadrol in interacts with the estrogen receptors uh, potentially due to its structure it might uh but as far as i can tell uh the gyno that you might get from anadrol is just water retention and the gyno was already there so it just looks more puffy than it was before right maybe it was puffy but not to the point you notice it. And then you add in the androl and you get systemic water retention and your chest is like full as a house. And then this gyno sticking out underneath, just rearing its ugly head. So um, you would need some aromatized enzyme inhibition. And, uh, and besides that, uh, keep doing your blood work to see how that changes. But I mean, it, it's not a bad cycle. It's not a bad cycle. But I would do 500 tests, 500 primo and anivore, but that's me. I'm not you. That's me. Lucas, 10 milligrams Accutane per day, 30 days, all good. Acne way better. Dermatologist prescribed 40 milligrams per day. Yeah, they want you to die. Uh, 10 days in knees. Uh, 10 days in knees are throbbing. Fuck, yes. 40 milligrams is fucking crazy. Had to stop training, stop the meds. How long before my knees get better? That might take some time. Look into Boswellia extract, 500 milligrams six times per day 3000 milligrams total and um fish oil might help and besides that i mean hyaluronic acid injections obviously help with lubrication nandrolone helps to increase the synovial fluid i stay away from rinstrol <laughs> that's for sure um and otherwise give it some time because fuck, acne is brutal man or accutane is brutal it dries your joints for a long time i think boswellia extract gives you the fastest relief in this context and 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 otherwise you might have to throw in a little bit of nandrolone you know but that could make your acne worse also so give it some time usually it gets better after a while 
But if, if it's been 30 days on 10 milligrams Accutane, then maybe the 10 milligrams Accutane is just, uh, so you, let's say you did 40, 40 milligrams for 10 days and then 30 milligrams or 10 milligrams for 30 days and then your knees are still fucked. Okay. Uh, hmm. Or did you do 10 milligrams Accutane for 30 days and then 40 milligrams for 10 days and then stopped it? I, I guess the latter, right? In this order. Man, it's getting late. I'm doing my best. Um, I know, give it some time. Buy the Boswellia extract, and then when your knees feel good again and you can train at the same lifting intensity without knee pain, then add in the 10 milligrams Accutane again, which again, only a high dose Accutane can actually kill your acne permanently, but you have to run that for months. And in those months that you're running it, you might cause uh, a lot of damage. Yeah, you might cause a lot of damage to your mental health, your libido, your connective tissue, and of course your skin will be mad fucking dry, you know? And if you live in a cold climate where the humidity is very, very low, then you have cracked lips and cracked skin, you know, when you wash your hands, you know, like everything here is like all cracked. So, um, you know, I would do everything you can before you start megadosing Accutane. And if you tried everything already, then this might be the only way to get rid of it. But a 10 milligram dose two or three times per week is usually enough to keep the acne at bay. All right, but it's, it, yeah. I mean, then you have to run it indefinitely. Any thoughts on helping facial hair for women? Any protocols you were aware of? Uh, well, androgen blockers, spironolactone, aldactone, that helps with, uh, you know, androgenic side effects or what is it called? Uh, androgen, the acne, hormonal acne. Fuck, you should know that. Hormonal acne. Uh, but of course, spironolactone also, uh, you know, uh, makes you treat a lot of sodium and it, it might have, you know, negative effects uh, somewhere else. So, uh, and otherwise, uh, don't take steroids, obviously, if you're a woman or if you have PCOS, get that diagnosed and under control with medication. Um, and uh, laser, my wife did laser and everything. And after about 15 sessions, on the armpits and uh well use your imagination uh, it's gone yeah <laughs> it's gone so i should do that too but i like to shave do you even lift my super jets got lost in the mix about eight back all right so my sincere apologies let me scroll up i don't see your super chat buddy no, here it is. Here it is. Okay, my bad. Uh, is it okay to mix water and oil-based gear in the same syringe? Besides, it's looking like an injectable lava lamp. Cheers, Steve. So I did that by my first cycle, and I would not recommend. <laughs> I didn't know any better. I had a, a Desma or Zambon's uh, Winstrel Depot, the pharmaceutical ones from Spain. Good times. Yeah, my source was fucking legit. And I had Testalic in ethyl oleate. I didn't know any better back then. Um, testosterone propionate. So I did one cc of testosterone propionate and one cc testolic or uh, uh, desma zambon uh, winstrol because both are 50 milligrams per milliliter. And I did that one cc per day. And uh, I thought I would get less post injection pain, but the post injection pain was still brutal. So water based gear, I would do it sub Q. If, if I had a time machine and if I would make a recommendation, I would do water-based gear, sub-Q, 
and uh, and just leave it there because the post injection pain, windstroll, testosterone suspension, trembolone suspension, or or injectable orals if that's water based, it's usually an MCT oil uh, or glycol, which smells terrible, so don't take that. Um, and highly inflammatory, it will kill you over time. Trust me. Uh, so yeah, I, I would inject that sub Q and then the oil, I would just inject somewhere else, whether that's intramuscular or sub Q somewhere else, but not in the same syringe, right? Learn from my mistake. Um, of course, people say that it might cause, uh, an infection, but I think regardless if you mix it or not, water-based steroids are just more likely to cause an infection because bacteria, um, seem to multiply better in water compared to oil. Yeah. So, hope that answers it. But I would not mix it. I, I did it, and it, it, I mean, it felt horrible. Luckily, I didn't get an infection because I was uh, mad hygienic when I did my first cycle, mixing oil-based with water-based, being stupid. And, uh, you know, it was all pharmaceutical grade, which I always recommend. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it, bro. Uh, the anabolic steroid side of, side of the force is a pathway. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, the anabolic androgenic steroid side of the force is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. People giving Steve all types of excuses to juice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even uh, Darth Neatus is on uh, hormone replacement therapy. So, you know, it's all the, it's all the craves now, nowadays. At least uh, we have a couple channels where you guys can learn and make better decisions than I was able to make when I got started. Because I made some stupid mistakes going to the GH15 message board. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, High-risk fitness. Oh, yeah, that's heavy weights and low reps. Uh, is there any long-term risk to using Lantus for an entire 16-week growth cycle? No, at one point you might lose insulin sensitivity, but that's why I have the insulin ebook to tell you how to keep your insulin sensitivity going while using long-acting insulin with uh, various over-the-counter supplements and best practices. So I know people who run Lantus in the off-season for an entire year without losing insulin sensitivity, uh, but they're obviously under guidance of a coach, right, to make these small adjustments. And then maybe once in a while, when you see your fasting glucose levels uh, come up, or fasting insulin levels come up after two days of stopping the Lantus, right? Otherwise, it, it, it's Lantus that's acting as fasting insulin levels, not, not your uh, endogenously produced insulin. Um, so you have to keep track of your blood work parameters, right? I mean, you have uh, hemoglobin A1C testers at home nowadays. Um, is that true? I think it is. Or is that a hemoglobin meter? Hem he A1C uh, tester... Yeah. Oh, you even have combination. A1C, blood sugar. Yeah, so you can test it at home. That's getting really cold in here. One second. Weather has been funny in Thailand. It's been really hot sometimes, and then it's cold, especially at night. Um, oh, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, so it's going to be cold. Uh, so yeah, long-term risks, uh, losing insulin sensitivity, obviously, and that you can mitigate by taking the Lantus out. Jesus, it's getting worse. Taking the Lantus out, cutting your uh, carbohydrates by half and uh, doing a mini diet, mini diet to restore insulin sensitivity, and then you can continue. Yeah. 
And here we are. Steve, please say hi to the Gym Junkie Peptide Group. Uh, they know who they are. We're all big fans and appreciate all the gym you share. Gym Junkies Peptide Group. Well, uh, hi. Hi. Yeah, hope you guys are doing well. Don't take too many peptides for the gym, okay? Uh, hey, dude, my man, love your shirt. Yeah, I love this shirt too. Best shirt ever. Vigilia, Vigilia Aeternus. Sounds like a Roman emperor. Uh, bold master on trainable to add to 200 tests, 210 tests in 100 milligrams decastack. Um, why not all three? <laughs> but yeah, if you're on like this kind of TRT protocol, my preference, if you want after anabolism, I would go with 200 milligrams of boldenone or maybe 300 milligrams of boldenone. Kidney issues aside, right? I have videos about that. And if you want more of a cosmetic appearance, to keep the water from the nandrolone off, maybe 300 milligrams of masterone. But right? individual response determines, and, and some people respond better to masterone than boldenone. So I would just do a month of boldenone, do a month of masterone, and then do a month of terinibol and, and continue what you like, right? It's, it's dose dependent, individual. I can't really make that decision for you. Like my, my preference would be Primo, right? But that's just me. <laughs> that's me. Just to add my cardiologist is fine with pasteurized eggs, chicken, even butter. Okay, butter has a good amount of cholesterol. He wants me to stay away from processed foods and factory farmed animals because of hormones and their feed is garbage. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So if you can get free range and, uh, you know, you go a little bit of paleo or, um, you know, keto or, or, you know, all natural, then I think that's best. I think that's best. Yeah. Hope you can resolve it buddy but i see a lot of good success stories using the the supplements i discussed i mean chase irons was able to reverse his cac score but i can't remember what his number was can't remember he got his wife pregnant and 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 reverse his cac score man he did it super fast and i'm still fucking plowing away uh wife's mom has been diagnosed with the global brain cancer uh, i'm not a doctor I'm sorry, like I, you guys come to me with medical conditions that I'm not qualified to give answers for. So please trust into the medical field and um, and, and ask them for guidance because I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know what that is and how, you know, what could slow the progression or make her feel better. I don't know. I'm not specialized in cancer. So I really hope that your wife's mom um, can find some suitable guidance um and i would advise you to do as much research as you can because i don't know i don't know man i'm sorry i can't help you here but i i hope you f you find something you not not me you find something to um to help her through that process um because i i, I you know i i uh, talk about steroids here and and steroids are mostly in the con not in the context of cancers so i don't know sorry can't help with that All right, no more super chats. Here's the drink on me. Thank you. I'm a little bit more expensive than $10 when I go drinking, but <laughs> you guys should watch this Vices video. 
how I manage my vices. Didn't get any views because it was not about steroids. Uh, ah, 6,000 views. All right, that's something. I'll link it down below. Because when I go out drinking, it's, man, it's expensive. So I don't do it too often. But the last time I, no, that's not true. I drank Wednesday. What am I talking about? <laughs> I had one glass of whiskey Wednesday because uh, I went out with Aaron and another friend, Tolga. Both I coached for like four years in total. So we went out for a cigar and a drink. It was great. Advice on post-cycle therapy after years of HCG monotherapy. Okay, so testicular function is already taken care of. Um, you might be able to get away with 25 milligrams in clomiphene. That's just it, because I don't think your estrogen levels are too high, um, causing terrible suppression of the HPTA. So, yeah, I would assume that 25 milligrams in clomiphene before bed for four weeks is enough, and maybe you need to taper that to 12.5 milligrams, depending on your LH, FSH, total testosterone, estrogen, uh, SHBG, DHA, and pregnenolone levels after those four weeks on enclomiphene monotherapy. But um, I think that's enough. I think that's enough. And otherwise, follow the, the typical uh, Nolvidex enclomit or Nolvidex and enclomiphene PCT protocol. Yeah. Super chances keep going, huh? Uh, I'm six feet, 170 pounds. 13%. Damn, you're pretty light. I want to max out what my body can naturally carry, but I don't care going beyond that. Um, is it bad to use a cycle to speed it? No, 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 no. No. No, eat more. Sorry, buddy, but just eat more. Just eat more. 13% body fat is not too high. Just start a bulk. You can easily be 225 at that weight or that height. So we're not going to use a cycle to speed that up. Uh, because once you go on cycle, you will be on cycle forever, just like everybody else. Nobody ever does one cycle. People want to use a cycle or osterine or, or oral steroids to get to their natural potential. And then once they undergo a PCT and they're antigen deficient for a while and they realize that they're not as strong and not as, um, you know, uh, cosmetically appealing anymore, guess what? Right back on steroids. So nobody ever does one cycle. Nobody ever drinks one drink of alcohol. Nobody ever smokes one uh, stick of weed. You have to do it multiple times until you get sick of it. And for many of us, we never get sick of that shit. I'm dreaming, fantasizing about the next time I can use steroids again. So, yeah. No, just max it out naturally, man. There, there's so many resources now where you can learn how to train drug-free. So many, way more than I had. And even I got up to, uh, what was it, 88 kilos? 88 kilos. And that was shit for me. Nine, 195 pounds, and I was 5'9". So that's what, how many inches is that shorter? Three inches shorter. I was heavier and shorter than you. So it just takes time. But now there's so many resources. I think you can, I think you can be 220 pounds in a year if you eat right and train hard. All right. Uh, what would you want to know from pre-cycle blood work? Everything. Everything. I'll link it down below. Vigorous Steve. Markers, before your first cycle. Medical screening before your first cycle. Is this about first cycle or next cycle? I just check all of it. Don't be lazy. 
I'm going to check all of it when I'm ready to start saucing again. Just because I want to and can. Overall amoxapine dosage and duration. Yeah, it seems to be a little bit variant. So it could be... Um, what was it? 200 milligrams like once to three times daily? I think that was a dose, but I don't have my notes here. I usually don't talk or recommend amoxapine that many times, but it's in the endurance videos, that's for sure. Uh, no, I don't have I don't have those protocols here. I think it's 250 milligrams once to three times daily, but I could be mistaken. Let me pull up the endurance, endurance and link it down below. Uh, unlimited energy, heart. Man, which one was it? Endurance. Stop blowing. <laughs> Fast like Laramorphs. Man, the titles. Yeah, too bad those videos didn't do well because I put so much time into them and then uh, nobody really cared about them. Okay, this is the one. Link it down below in a second. Fast like Lance Armstrong and Ben Johnson, even though I didn't talk about Winstrol in that video. I'm sure you can get some ideas. So the, oh, it's not here. I'm sure the amoxapine dose is there. And I have timestamps so you don't have to sit through all the bullshit. Just use the timestamp. Mm-mm-mm. King David, I, I like how you call him light, but I wish he could have seen me when it was 155.61. Damn, dude. Damn, dude. But I was a chunky kid, man. I was skinny fat until I uh, went to... Uh, so I was like, like let's say 18, 20% body fat when I started going to the gym at the age of 15 years old. Um, and then I was uh, just eating whatever because I was hungry from the training. So I stayed 18, 15% body fat. And then I just got bigger. Didn't get taller, though. I got wider. If you can't be tall, you got to be wide. Uh, 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 uh. I'm increasing my calories during a blast, but now I'm also slowly developing girt. Anyways, to get around this, well, I have a video about this. Acid reflux. Crippling acid reflux using oral steroids. Where is it? Yeah, link it down below. Plenty of ideas. Add apple cider vinegar to every meal, and then usually um, that solves the problem. And otherwise, add some betaine hydrochloride with pepsin. That might solve it also. Technically, it might work, but again, there's no scientific evidence that anadrol um, interacts with the androgen receptor. I don't think there's any scientific evidence to support it, but feel free to quote me a study. Um, just because of the chemical structure or the speculated interaction, 
um, there might be some right estrogen receptor interaction causing gyno, but it's usually just water retention making the pre-existing gyno worse. And if there's already gyno, um, then Novadex is not going to do anything. You would need raloxifene, who can, which can shrink it by about 50% if the dose is high enough. And 120 milligrams of raloxifene per day can also give you blood clots. So I would be weary. I would be weary. Uh, the best thing you can do is prevention by uh, doing your blood work frequently, using uh, a DHT derivative to keep your estrogen under control and maybe some of the metabolites can inhibit estrogen-mediated gene transcription in the uh, nipple tissue. And uh, thus, uh, there's no uh, opportunity for gyno to form. All right. You're the best crypto, bro. Sold the bottom, now let's buy the top. I don't think we're at top yet, so there's no buying opportunity yet. Um, and then when you buy, uh, let's say at the end of 2025, then make sure you sell about a year later. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would sell it. You buy it, let's say, 250000 and then you sell 30000 I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. <laughs> uh, where are we? I have to go to the bathroom real bad. Can you guys hold on? Because we, we go for 20 more minutes and then I got to react to Dave Palumbo. So I, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Be right back. Okay, back in business. Um, oh, left that comment up. Ten people already left. Couldn't wait. <laughs> Couldn't wait until I was back. Uh, you got to be uh, getting close to a bot billionaire with all those Bitcoin run this week. Uh, well, we're doing okay. Yeah, we're doing all right. We are doing all right. Bruce Wayne. What's up, uh, Batman? Oh, shit. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up, uh, owner of Wayne Enterprises? Uh, this is a pretty complete channel with very good info. Very nice. Yes, that, that is the goal. And plenty more coming. Winstrol detection time. Uh, I think oral was three weeks and injectable was six weeks because it remains in the injection depot. But let me confirm that. Uh... 
Winstrom. Uh, oh, two months. Injectable Winstrom uh, is detection time for two months, and oral Winstrom is three weeks. And it's because the the Winstrol de, uh, in, injectable stays in the injection depot, crystallizes, and then it takes a very long time to metabolize. That's why, generally speaking, uh, injectables just have such a long uh, half-life. And orals, uh, only a couple of weeks. Uh, Zorov, I'm 33. I'm on TRT for two years without HCG or enclomiphene because it gives me bad acne and hair loss. I'm planning for kids in the future. Am I apparently going to be shut down? Should I uh, sperm bank it? Uh, any other advice? So I didn't, I used HCG maybe once per year or twice per year when I was off steroids. It's just an HCG blast to kind of restore testicular function, which now in hindsight uh, was probably not that effective. So basically, let's just safely say I didn't use HCG for um, almost a decade because uh, I felt it wasn't really working on the cycles I was doing. I mean, I was doing you know, high testosterone or, or high test and train. And, and man, I did all kinds of crazy cycles back in the day. Um, and I, I did notice that on testosterone or testosterone or primo, that my fertility parameters were still good. And is that from the exogenous testosterone entering up in the testicles and activating the Sertoli cells, similar to how ATG increases intertesticular uh, testosterone concentrations and thus um, activates the Sertoli cells in that sense? Um, that's to be debated. I don't think there's too much scientific evidence for it, but uh, a lot of men don't experience complete azospermia. So why don't you go check your uh, semen parameters? Because you might still have some sort of fertility intact albeit that your morphology and motility might be shit uh, but the semen count might still be like 22 or 20 million or maybe even 30 million i've seen that too uh, i was usually about 20 to 22 million with like bottomed out morphology and bottomed out mortality um so so i had to come off cycle and blast hcg and use uh, antioxidants and, and you know uh, testicular function over the gun supplements like vitamin e selenium taurine etc to kind of kickstart that again. And then after a year, my fertility parameters were absolutely stellar. So uh, if acne or if ATG gives you bad acne or hair loss, then maybe ATG solo um, without TRT is, uh, is a good approach. And again, I don't like long-term use of selective estrogen receptor modulators. Four weeks for PCT, six weeks if maximum, I get it. But enclomiphene uh, has not been disproven that it doesn't cause um, has been proven that it doesn't cause blood clots like it does in um, clomid. And again, clomid is what two thirds uh, enclomiphene, one third uh, zuclomiphene. And so it might still cause blood clots, right? It, it hasn't been investigated in that context. So I would proceed with caution, you know, especially now. Especially now, the last three years, I mean, how many people have we seen uh, die from uh, cardiovascular complications? So if you know, then why risk it? ATG doesn't seem to have that issue, or at least the less instances. Um, so I would favor toward ATG. And if you if it gives you bad acne and hair loss, then take the TRT out. I mean, you should come off TRT if you want to have kids in the future, because TRT, even at a low dose, seems to have negative effects on mortality or morphology. Right. So every time somebody sends me their fertility parameters on uh, TRT plus ATG, their morphology and mortality is not as good as mine after coming off or or you know, of otherwise healthy men who never took steroids to begin with. Yeah. All right. 
Record maker. I like it. Uh, first testosterone in a day cycle, 175 milligrams a week, 25 milligrams sub-Q daily, five weeks in total testosterone came back 2,250. Um, very nice, slow metabolizer it pairs. Uh, Estradiol's 58, that's not too high. Um, depends on your libido. LHNF is scratched. Yeah, that's to be expected with exogenous testosterone. No sides. Uh, introduced HCG 250 hours three times a week at the end of the week uh, four. Any thoughts? So you're one week on HCG already. Your estradiol might come up a little bit higher over the next couple of weeks. So I would maybe preemptively add in an aromatized inhibitor because once you hit 75 on your estradiol, you might start noticing that libido goes down. And at, at 40 to 50, maybe 60 libido might be extremely good. And then suddenly at 75 or 100, it kind of crashes, right? And everybody's different. It's your first cycle. So feel free to experiment and let it come up a bit. But, you know, then there's the, the risk of gynecomastia formation from uh, higher dosages of estradiol. So why risk it? So maybe preemptively add in 6.25 milligrams aromacin Monday, Friday. Uh, continue with this protocol of 25 milligrams sub-Q testosterone annotate per day and 250 IOS HCG three times per week with 6.25 milligrams aromacin three times per week can be Monday, Friday and for another three weeks and then check your uh, total testosterone and estradiol levels again to see if that changed, if it's favorable, if you need to make further adjustments, right, to uh, make sure you stay uh, all good and check your DHA and pregnant alone because at one point you might want to add that in also. Yeah, so this guy is doing it right. This 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 kind of protocol I like. He start, started modestly. He did it sub-Q every single day. His testosterone levels are, uh, well, three times as high as they used to be. He went to maybe almost four. And uh, his estradiol levels are not alarmingly high after five weeks on cycle. He added it in the HCG uh, after four weeks on being on testosterone. So step-by-step, -step, market maker, you're doing a good job. Check your levels again in about three weeks on this stack uh, with aromacin in the picture and then maybe add in DHM pregnant alone and then I think uh, you are good to go. Let's see, what GI supplements would you recommend to almost anybody who eats like a bodybuilder? Uh, probiotic, enzymes, fiber, seen so many different types of those, especially probiotics got me confused. Yeah, it really depends on how much you're eating. But if you eat a boatload of foods, um, Probiotics are a good idea. Enzymes might not be a good idea because it seems that a lot of guys that take enzymes um, frequently seems to downregulate their natural enzymatic production in the intestinal tract. So I would I would only do enzymes if you go out to the buffet or you eat something that you normally don't eat that your stomach isn't used to. So you take like a broad spectrum super enzyme formula from Now Foods or something else or Creole Four Thousand. Um, it's a very potent pancreatic enzyme uh, drug. I'll link it down below. Creole uh, enzymes. Let me see if that's right. Or is it Creon? Oh, Creon. Oh, rectal irritation. Maybe not. <laughs> All right, I'll link it down below nonetheless. That's a very potent uh, enzyme uh, formula. Rx list Creon drug. Um, and, and then I would use that sparingly, right? Like if you really need it, 
because you eat so much foods we're talking about like 250 you know, protein a thousand carbs and, and 50 grams of fat or 80 grams of fat you know at the end of the day and you need some enzymatic support with that okay look into uh, you know a, a broad spectrum uh, pancreatic enzyme formulation whether that's pharmaceutical or over-the-counter um, fiber I would add in but in the form of uh, vegetables Right, or chia seeds. I, I always add a chia seed to all of my meals because it has a lot of omega-3 and it helps with insulin sensitivity and it has so many micronutrients. So I still do that to this day. And probiotics are uh, usually a good thing to do, but you can also eat raw food, right? Or, or, or kimchi, sauerkraut, um, what is it called? Uh, kombucha tea. So many opportunities to get some uh, healthy probiotics in. It doesn't always have to come from probiotic supplements. And then apple cider vinegar, um, beta hydrochloride, and pepsin, uh, which is a enzyme uh, to digest protein that helps a lot also yeah so multiple things tutka for uh, you know to pass the food through or atka helps a lot uh, i think i have a video about this i have it's called vacuums for days vacuum how to optimize your digestion and i was so fucking skinny back then <laughs> All right. Oh, it's linked down below. Mm. All right. Next one. Uh, coached by Roland. Is there a question attached to that? All right. Coach, one week after PCT protocol is next week. I got back uh, back some pumps at gym, but I still feel weak. Is GH the cause of the pumps or PCT went well? Uh, not sure. It could be growth hormone, right? You get a little bit of a pump from that. Uh, but it could also mean that that your testosterone levels and, and luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone, et cetera, are just back to normal range. So, uh, yeah, it could be it. Do some blood work. Right? Do it next week and then see how it went. Hopefully everything came back at least normal. And then if PCT, like if your testosterone levels are, let's say, middle of the reference range, but at least your LH and FSH levels are coming up to, let's say, three, four, maybe five milliIUs per milliliter, um, then you might have to give it a little bit longer time because sometimes it takes a little bit longer. All right, let's cut off the super chats. All right, anything after this is uh, no answer. Okay, here we go. Uh, pickles, currently eight weeks into 400 milligrams per week. Testosterone intake cycle, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, 250 IOs, HCG, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. Remedex, 0.25. Please switch to aromacin. That's better for your lipid levels. Two times a week. All bloods look good and I feel good. Think about adding in 40 milligrams of anabol the last four weeks of the cycle to add mass. Uh, well, it will increase your estrogen levels because the anabol uh, converts into methyl estradiol, which seems to be metabolism resistant. And um, yeah, so that means that uh, you might have to increase your Remedex uh, preemptively to maybe 0.25 milligrams per day. I, I don't know what rate you aromatize, but D 40 milligrams of D-ball is a pretty hefty dose. And on 400 tests and 250 IOs, HCG, uh, and this Remedex dose, I would say that your estradiol levels might be already at the top of the reference range or slightly over it, all right? So so maybe check your serum estradiol levels before you add in the D-ball and then adjust your Remedex dose and uh, and then throw in the D-ball. Yeah, 
You probably already made up your mind, so I can't tell you to take the Renabol or Anivar. If you want to run the D-Ball, you have to do the blood work and make sure you have plenty of Arimidex on standby, but preferably Aromacin to keep your estradiol levels under control. All right, Coach by Roland. Hey, Steve. I tried testosterone and lantocycnol, and it went uh, great. Uh, I wonder if I can do DECA and lantocycle no test opinion. Well, that's what uh, Diane Clark usually recommends, right? and, and DECA only and lantus. And it seems to work well for his uh, for his athletes or, or the guys in his uh, membership forum. So uh, you can give it a try. Um, but if test and lantus went great, then why change? <laughs> right? Or maybe do test and lantus and a low dose androlone for uh, joint support so you can train harder on your next cycle. Right? There's multiple ways to skin the cat. I just didn't have that positive aggression that I would normally associate with testosterone. All right, last one. Thank you very much, Steve. Any and the benefit of splitting 25 milligram sub-Q into two daily doses? No, there's there's no benefit. No need. Just do once per day. That's more than enough. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, react to Dave Palumbo. Let's see how bad it is. Get my thing out. So hopefully, hopefully, the internet doesn't lag from this point onwards. Oh, I got 19 minutes on my camera. Uh, let me let me turn this off. One second. Right. So I got all the recording done. Let's see if I can share my screen. Uh, 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 where is it? Present, share screen. Share entire screen. Can I do that? Share. Also share system audio. Okay, share. All right. Ooh, look at that. Well, so let's uh, let's have a look at the video that I posted. Uh, so we have a reference. And guys, please let me know if you can hear the audio from the video, so I know uh, what's going on. So I I made this comment. Uh, was it two weeks ago? Well, tuner primo, four hundred injectable windstroll, zero shutdown, great results. And this guy's lost it, dude. He's so out of touch. I, I thought, I thought, I, you know, like a couple of years ago, or maybe ten years ago, I thought the guy was smart. I mean, a lot. I learned a lot from him about the ketogenic diet and some early steroid advice. But a lot of these guys, like Dave Palomba, they don't really do additional research. So whatever they talk about now, that might have been valid like twenty years ago, but not anymore. So I would, I would advise you to get your information somewhere else, because these guys are just fucking behind, you know. All right, so that's that's pretty rough. I'd be pissed too. <laughs> really fucking behind with the knowledge. You know, so like if you're an old rambling man and you will get um, entertainment out of the podcast that they have over at RX Muscle, feel free to watch it. But I would not waste my time. I mean, that, that PCT protocol and that fertility protocol of his, that's fucking horseshit. <laughs> fucking horseshit. Columboism is not named after him for nothing. Yeah. So we heard enough. Let me see. Uh, where is it? Where am I? Here. Did you uh, guys hear that? All right. Rambling old man. I guess so. Okay. 
So uh, I might have uh, reacted a little bit too extreme for that question. The question was, let me see if I can uh, pull that up again. Where is it? Uh, Dave Palumbo. Man. Uh, first cycle. All right, so, so I saw this question, right? You see 200 Primo, 400 injectable Winstrol as a first cycle, claim zero, shutdown. So I saw this question, I'm like, what the fuck is this bullshit, you know? And, and now I'm not entirely sure if Dave Palumbo said it, that's just a comment from Dylan. Um, you got to remember that I stopped following Dave Palumbo. Let me, let me pull this back up. I stopped following Dave Palumbo after uh, that weird video that he had with Leo Longevity where he called him out for, uh, you know, talking shit about, what was his name? I mean, a lie, right? That, that debacle. So I unfollowed after that. I haven't really followed Dave. And then once in a while you tune in and it's just drama, right? So I don't really follow Dave. And when I saw that question, I uh, I thought, what the fuck is this shit? You know, <laughs> kind of horseshit first cycle is that? I mean, primo, net testosterone base, serum estradiol levels will be low, injectable Winstrol will just give you a boatload of post-injection pain. Um, yeah, so I responded the way I did, but uh, probably uh, too much for Dave to handle. And then when he saw my subscriber count, he uh, probably realized that there might be a debate there. Okay, so here's Dave's response. So he's challenging me to a debate. Fuck, 13 minutes. I shouldn't, I shouldn't play these. Wait, 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 I don't think I ever said I was a guru. Oh, wait, shit. Did I share my video? Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. Two minutes. Let's get started. Dave Palumbo issuing a challenge right here, right now. Anytime you want, contact me. I'm an open book. Skip this ahead. Here with another RX Muscle rant. Today's topic is self-proclaimed experts in the bodybuilding world you know what nothing irks me more than these guys who come online and pretend that they have some 
have these deep insights into the science and mechanistic actions of performance enhancing drugs better than anyone else in the industry. And their only true educational experience is reading Wikipedia online and walking into a pharmacy and buying anabolic steroids and maybe injecting themselves a few times. It really, really irks me because you know what? There's a lot of people out there who are earnestly looking for real knowledge. They want the science of what's going on. They want to know how to eat properly. They want to know how to take the right supplements to support the diet that they're eating. And they want to take performance-enhancing drugs in a safe, effective manner. And they want to know the science of how all this works. They don't want to, they don't want to know a hyped-up, trumped-up version of what these people think they want to hear that's going to make it sound super sensationalistic, like they have some tremendous insights above and beyond anything else that's already out there. And one of the things that really irks me that a lot of these self-proclaimed gurus put forth is that... So you guys could see it, right? Um, I, I never proclaimed to be a guru, and I don't think anybody um, anybody ever said that I was a guru. <laughs> but I, I understand my audience. They do want to see all the science, and they do want to see all the... Let me remove this real quick. They do want to see all the latest developments. That's why I do a lot of scientific deep dives. Now, I don't think that Dave um, watches my channel, and he doesn't have to. I mean, I don't watch his channel either, because I don't think there's anything further for me to learn. I used to follow Dave, but after that debacle with Leo, I just, you know, I, I stopped watching. So, you know, I understand my audience that they want to see a little bit more than the typically regurgitated bro science. And I know I look like a fucking small piece of shit right now because I've been off steroids for a year because I want to get my wife pregnant. Um, but it doesn't mean that I didn't coach bodybuilders at pretty high level, world championship level, IFB elite and the WBPF. Never turned anybody pro. I never said I was a guru. I never said I coached anybody in the IFBB, even though a lot of IFB pros come to me for consultations. That not, that's not exactly coaching, um, including some of the IFBB guys that used to work with Palumbo, but that's okay, right? I mean, it's an open market. So everybody, right, it depends on where you want to spend your money. Now, um, I think if Dave took one vigorous Q&A, you could see a lot of questions about uh, what people want to see, right? We sit here for two and a half hours asking questions of people want to see. And what I think people want to see is evidence-based information that's new and interesting uh, that we can all learn from, right? So, but yeah, uh, to clarify, I never called myself a guru. Let's continue. This is a fertility protocol. The guys who came before them or the guys that are out there who are established people and well-respected don't know what the fuck they're talking about because they've been doing this a long time, which is, if you think about it upon uh, initial glance, if you've been doing it a long time, you probably have a lot of experience and you probably not only have a lot of knowledge, but you have a lot of practical experience applying it. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years now or pretty close to it. And that means I've been writing diets for people. So uh, I've been doing this since I was 15. Um, so that's 25 years. So it's not too far off. <laughs> it's not too far off, Dave. People and myself, I've been doing supplement plans. I've been doing performance enhancing cycles for people. 
And I've probably worked with over 5,000 people, probably more than that. I, I, I don't count, so I don't know. But so many so that I've seen every scenario for, in diet, every scenario in, in drug use, every scenario in supplement use, that I kind of know what works now and what doesn't. Not to mention that I do have a pretty good educational background. I don't have to go out there and, and, and tout it. You know, obviously I went to four years of college. I have a, a degree in biology uh, from Franklin and Marshall College. I went to New York Medical College, which is hard enough to get into medical school, but I did very well. I passed the first part of the medical boards. I did three years and I decided it wasn't for me. It wasn't that I couldn't do it. I was one of the top guys in my class at the time, but I decided that wasn't the direction I wanted to go in. I love bodybuilding. I love preventative medicine. I love telling people how to keep themselves healthy rather than treating symptoms. So I, I opted out of finishing medical school. It was my own decision because I wanted to be in this space where I am right now, which is a, a health provider, a health educator, a person who puts forth science so that you understand why you're doing the things that you're doing. Telling people how to diet, telling people what nutritional supplements to take are great, especially if you have a lot of experience doing it. But if you know why you're telling people to do it, and you can explain to people why they're doing it, that's empowering because people love knowledge. When I sit down with someone and do it, I do probably, no joke, probably anywhere from 15 to 20 consults a month. You know, probably more than that. It's more like three to five. Yeah, I do two per day. I do at least an hour. So, and that's usually three. <laughs> Sometimes people pay one hour today, I had four consultations. Um, so, so maybe the demand is a little bit higher on my end than, and, and, and you, you guys know what I charge and it, it just continues just like the super chats. It's continuous. Anyway, um, I don't want to take any money out of his pocket, right? He's a family man. He has multiple businesses. So right, everybody should have an opportunity to make plenty of money. That's a lot. That's just phone consults with people where they're asking me questions, they're showing me their blood work. You know, I probably read 10,000 blood works over the course of the last 30 years. I've seen every variation, okay, out there. I know what a bodybuilder's blood work looks like, and I know what to be concerned about and what not to be concerned about. Okay, I also know how to read blood work because I went to medical school and they taught us how to read blood work. I know what all the markers mean, you know? And any of you self-proclaimed gurus out there that are gonna try to put me down, and going to try to make it seem like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Come on, come on my show. Let's let's have a friendly debate. Let's have a fun little debate. You can pick the topics. Give me the topics. You can pick the questions or we can have a, a third party moderate it and give us the questions. And I have no problem debating you. I think you're going to have a big problem debating me because you don't know the science of what you're talking about. Anyone who puts down anyone out there, they're doing it for a reason because they're trying to validate themselves. I don't put down other people who are out there putting out advice unless the advice is wrong. Okay. Yeah, fair point, fair point, mate. Fair point, okay. mate, I agree to that. There's a guy, Vigorous Steve. Oh, okay, that's talking about. I don't know where he came from. He's, in, he's from Thailand. He has a- Well, uh, Dave, you made videos about me in the Liver King, so you, I'm, I'm sure you remember. Self-proclaimed <laughs> guru. He doesn't have any educational background that I know, of, at least none that he's willing to admit to. 
I'm a, a knowledge engineer, information engineer at the Hochschule van Amsterdam. That's uh, HBO. So that's not exactly a university degree, but it's still a degree. I graduated when I was 21. I did five years, six years as a business consultant. Um, so I basically know how to piece shit together. And whether that's anecdotal experience, personal, personal experience, or the scientific evidence. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm basically trained on how to piece things together. And that's why sometimes I see faults with uh, some of the things, practices that people put forward. That's why I reacted the way I did to the 200 milligrams of Primo and 400 milligrams injectable Winstrol. Um, because uh, based on all the experience that I have, after 25 years of bodybuilding, coaching for over 12 years, and taking steroids for 15 years, and I know I don't show it, but right, yeah, sometimes you have to come off to um, get somebody pregnant then uh yeah you don't look so cosmetically appealing anymore but the the knowledge is still there right the knowledge is still there all right so let's continue before I interject. and his probably only experience is that he can go into a pharmacy in thailand and buy steroids legally so he's now a steroid guru and he knows more than everyone else he can go online and he can read wikipedia and and, and whatever you know yep. other crap that's out there he's probably a very good TikToker too i'm sure because TikTok gives you TikTok is almost like a phd nowadays if you can go on TikTok and have a following on TikTok, then then you, you know it, you can put the word doctor before your name and, and actually be validated by that <laughs> and this guy is putting me down saying i don't know what i'm talking about you know a lot of these guys like Dave Palomba, they don't really do additional research. So whatever they talk about now, that might have been valid like 20 years ago, but not anymore. Because uh, I'm old and, and because I don't have any relevance. And what I talked about 20 years ago is relevant, but it's not relevant today because because we know more today. Listen, my my theories and, and all my knowledge has evolved consistently because you know why? Because I'm in it every day, every single day. This is what I do. But I'm not going to put forth bullshit theories Okay, and bullshit advice when I know it's bullshit. Okay, <laughs> just to sound smart. And that's what these guys do out there. They want to sound like, oh, we got information that no one else had. Guess what? Anabolic steroids haven't changed for the last 60 years. Okay, we know how they work. The guys in the 90s knew how they worked. The guys in the 80s knew how they worked. Okay, in the 90s, GH came out. That was the new kid on the block. So let me interject a little bit. Um, it's actually a lot of new studies. And again, like, of course, we all want to be evidence-based, uh, but also experience-based, right? But if new evidence comes to the forefront that shows that things are not healthy, um, then you shouldn't recommend them anymore, right? Like, so for boldenone, there's now a lot of scientific evidence that it might be kidney toxic. And even though you can really analyze the results, I mean, I did a two-hour deep dive on it. Um, I came to the conclusion that uh, personally, I don't want to use it anymore, even though back in the day I used plenty of boldenone, um, but I didn't have access to those studies or I was aware of the studies or the studies weren't performed yet. So I could, um, you know, continue taking boldenone and risk my kidney health, or I could continue to recommend Clomid and, and uh, you know, have people get blood clots, right? So sometimes you have to use the scientific evidence to be ahead of deaths and i know dave palumbo reports on all the deaths so i'm sure he can agree if we can prevent some deaths then uh that is uh, our responsibility as educators to do right so every time i see videos from dave where he recommends something i see something that i don't always agree with so if i um responded uh in that little clip you know 
too um, aggressively, then my sincere apologies, right? I would be upset if I see a comment like that also. But you have to understand when s somebody sends me a protocol of 200 Primo and 400 injectable Winstrol as a first cycle, I mean, if it comes from Dave Palumbo, then it's a stupid protocol. And if it didn't come from Palumbo and Dylan just posted something, then yeah, I, I, I do owe him an apology because I, I might have responded too harshly for something he might have not even recommended. But when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, that's the dumbest fucking first cycle I've ever seen. So, all right, let's continue. Oh, let me share my screen again. Let's continue. We're halfway there, guys. And probably toward the end of the 90s, early 2000s, IGF-1 came out. In the last 20 years, the only thing really new that has come out is the peptides. And we're all, and that's, that's the most exciting thing going on right now. And the next... 10 to 20 years will be gene therapy. I can guarantee that. And I'll be on top of that as well because there's science behind that. And I can read a science article and I can give you guys the actual mechanisms of how these things work and explain it to you. Some people want to know. Some people don't want to know or don't care. They just want to know how to use something. But it's important that you explain to people how things work because they're much more likely to follow it and feel comfortable following when they know the science of what's going on. So when I say that, you know, primabolin or Winstrel is not a DHT compound, it's not, it's not DHT, okay? It's a five alpha reduced compound that looks like DHT, okay? But if anyone knows anything about Winstrel and primabolin, they've reduced the androgenic or masculinizing component masculinizing component is the stuff that you know makes hair grow in your face as a man makes your penis grow when you're a little kid makes your hair uh, your jaw square off on your face makes your voice deep okay it makes your hair fall out on your head when you get older okay that that androgenic component is reduced in in, in these steroids and it has a much higher anabolic or muscle building component so you get less side effects when you take these drugs, okay? If you take a, a drug like testosterone or anadrol or dianabol, these drugs convert directly to DHT, dihydrotestosterone, which is the most severe on the hairline. And that's why they cause the most hair loss. That's just simple science. There's no debate there uh, about that, okay? So when I say that... Oh, so does this mean that primabolin and Winstrel don't cause hair loss? Um... Let me, let me interject real quick. Uh, I, we made a video, a 55 minute video about debunking the anabolic to androgenic rating, right? I mean, the androgenicity, of course, we expect, um, you know, viralizing side effects. Uh, Primabol and, and Winstrol do that uh, very severely in women, uh, just like Mastrone did. That's why it was discontinued as a breast cancer medication. That's why we use, um, you know, other medications like tamoxifen. I mean, there's even a boatload of clinical trials with tamoxifen and uh, fluoxymestrolone, halotestin in combination because it's a testosterone derivative, not a testosterone derivative or a modified version of DHT, however you want to spin it. Um, the anabolic to androgenic ratings um, are not in the presence of exogenous testosterone or estradiol when compared to the reference standards being usually testosterone or methyl testosterone. And I mean, it's all over the place. So you can't really go by these anabolic to androgenic ratings because sometimes methyl testosterone is used, which produces methyl estradiol which has probably a different effect on the prostate and the seminal vesicles and the bulbo, carvernose, and the other five organs that the anabolic to androgenic rating is determined on. So that means the reference standard, it's not just testosterone, it's testosterone plus estradiol plus testosterone having an effect on the reproductive tract. And you can't really deduce 
the anabolic to androgenic rating from that if that's lower because if you replace the testosterone with primobolin or replace the testosterone with winstrol then obviously uh, bioidentical dht and bioidentical estrogen is no longer present so there's a bit of a discrepancy there regarding the anabolic to androgenic rating so if the anabolic to androgenic ratings are lower than testosterone doesn't mean they have less of an anabolic potential or they have less of an androgenic potential which we shouldn't really extrapolate to hair loss or acne or, or other virilizing side effects because again it's been determined on the you know the the levator ani muscle in the prostate so i of course it, i mean fuck <laughs> of course you can use these semantics to really go into it um but i i think people would want to know more about these compounds Right? That's why I do all of the research. That's why I let go of coaching. So I could do more research and bring this information. I mean, dude, we, we, we've been in bodybuilding for such a long time, right? And why am I the only guy that reviews all of the literature of one compound and produces a comprehensive video on what the safest and effective dose is? Why am I the first guy who does that? I mean, everybody has access to the same fucking literature, uh, including Dave Palumbo. Why am I the first? I, I, I mean, William Levelland went through all of the anabolics and, and some of that information in, in William Levelland's Anabolics 11th edition is already outdated, all right? And some of it might even be speculation. Some, some of these anabolic to androgenic ratings might be fictitious because when you follow the references, I can't even find them. That's why I cite all my videos. Anyway, let's continue. Let's continue. I took Primabolin and Winchell for my very first cycle. I was 24 years old, 23 years old, whatever I was at the time. I got no side effects and I got no shutdown. I did eight, 10 weeks of that. I went off of it. I, I, my testosterone turned itself back on, no problem. I don't even know if it was even turned off from that, those drugs. They're not very suppressive because they don't convert to estrogen. And estrogen is what shuts down the pituitary. True. We know that because when estrogen binds to the receptors in the hypothalamus of the brain, the hypothalamus stops producing gonadotropic releasing hormone, mm -hmm. which then cannot stimulate the pituitary to release LH and FSH, which then can't stimulate the testicles to produce testosterone. It's all estrogen related. Estrogen shuts down pituitary and hypothalamic function, which ultimately shuts down testicular function. That's a certainty. You wanna come on here and debate me about that? Let's debate, okay? DHT, we know. I, th I think we can all agree that there's no debate there because I agree with that. Uh, but you would still see shutdown because with that much Primo and that much Winstrol, and you see it on uh, SARM-only cycles who don't convert into estradiol and make you testosterone deficient and estrogen deficient, the luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone, and overall pituitary function and testicular function is completely shut down. So, um, you know, if you... If he did a cycle like that, 200 Primo and 400 uh, Winstrol injectable, and he had a good outcome, good on him. But of course, then it's also our responsibility to say that that's not a good idea because of X, Y, re uh, Z reason, right? I mean, total cholesterol levels will change. You don't have uh, sufficient estradiol levels for neuroprotection or cardiac protection or potentially kidney protection, as we can see in some of the Baldenone studies, right? I mean, it's important to understand that if you make a mistake, that you also tell people that there's a better way. Now, I'm not entirely sure if you made videos about, you know, I did this cycle and it was shit and there's a better way, right? I'm not entirely sure because I don't follow Dave Palumbo. I was presented with this cycle and I explained to you the reasons why I think it's not a good idea. 
can cause hair loss. That's why taking finasteride or dutasteride really helps the hairline for a lot of people, especially people who are high DHT converters. That's for certain. Does primabolin bind to DHT receptors and winstrel? No, it doesn't because it's not a DHT compound. It's Is there a DHT receptor? I know there's an androgen receptor. That testosterone, dihydrotestosterone, um, and all the other anabolic androgenics there to bind to, and selective androgen receptor modulator, but I'm not aware of a, a DHT receptor. And yes, primabolin and Winstrol will cause hair loss. That's why we have nandrolone-only cycles, which are crazy, um, but they are known to work, right, from experience. It's just a 5-alpha reduced compound, chemically speaking. Can it cause some hair loss? I'm sure in people who are super, super sensitive to hair loss genetically, of course, anything, you know, anything there was anything can cause hair loss in people. You know, looking at a at a bottle of DHT can cause hair loss for some guys, I know. I never lost a hair on my head till I was 30. I was taking anabolics, all kinds. And then one day, all of a sudden, I started thinning. That's just the way that's called genetics. And that's why there's bodybuilders out there that have no hair loss and they take everything under the sink. They're just not sensitive to DHT. That's their genetic gift, I guess. It's a gift if you like hair, I guess. <laughs> I would consider it a gift. I wish I had some of the heads of hairs out there on, uh, on bodybuilders that haven't lost it. But having said that, you know, let's take my uh, another thing vigorous Steve said about me is, oh, his PCT and fertility protocol is bullshit. That, that PCT protocol and that fertility protocol of his, that's fucking horseshit. <laughs> fucking horseshit. Oh, really, Steve? Guess what? You want me to give you the thousands of people that have gotten their wives pregnant using that protocol? People come up to me at shows and show me their children that they had when they couldn't get pregnant going to a fertility clinic, but Dave's protocol worked. Why? Because there's science behind it. You want to come on the show and debate me? Let's go. Let's go. Let's debate the science here. You tell me why it doesn't work, and I'll tell you why it does, and I'll show you the people that it worked for. I love the debate. You guys want to challenge me? Come on, let's go. Let's debate. Let's debate science. See what your internet education does for you when you come on the show and you debate me on the science of what we're talking about. I have no problem. We could talk it. We could talk nutrition. We could talk supplements. We could talk drugs. You pick the topics. Come on the show anytime, any place. You know what? These internet guys, you know what they are? They're bullies. They're internet bullies who try to make a reputation for themselves. They try to sound cool. Hey, I'm the tough, I'm the new guy on the block here. You know what? If you're going to throw shit around like that, you do that in, in the street, you better be able to put your hands up and, 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 and you know, throw some hands. Oh, don't when worry you do about that, that on the there. internet, you better come on and be able, be able to debate that shit. Let's hear what you got to say. You're so smart. I'm so irrelevant. Come on, let's go. It'll be fun, I promise you. Dave Palumbo issuing a challenge right here. All right, so that's it, guys. Um, so he took a, a, a what, a 90-second clip and spinned it into a 30-minute video. That's pretty long. Uh, let, me, let me sleep on it. Let's see. Uh, the reason why I don't like Dave's PCT protocol and the fertility protocol is because uh, the PCT protocol, from what I remember, is uh, too short. I mean, it takes a while for steroids to decline. 
it might take weeks to months. So why would you start HCG and then, uh, you know, Novodex and Clomid when, you know, particular steroids are still in your system far longer than the end of your post-cycle therapy? And regarding the fertility protocol, I mean, 2,000 IOs of HCG every other day, HMG three times per week, and Clomid 50 milligrams per day, I think until your wife is pregnant. I mean, I think the HCG dose is too high. I think HMG is irrelevant because we have recombinant follicle stimulating hormone now, which is more cost effective. And 50 milligrams of Clomid, again, with all the clotting risk that is associated with it, and I can pull studies out of PubMed to show it. Um, there's plenty. Uh, I think it's just a risk. So why would you run that much Clomid when you're already on HCG, which suppresses luteinizing hormone production, especially at 2000 IUs? Um, HMG contains FSH, albeit urine purified, right? So it might contain trace amounts of HCG and LH as well. And if you're suppressing LH and FSH from exogenous administrations, then why would you take Clomid in an attempt to marginally increase your luteinizing hormone and follicle simulating hormone production uh, instead of just doing a full PCT, right? If you want to start HCG monotherapy, for six to eight weeks or maybe a couple months after the exogenous steroids decline to sustain testicular function or restore it i'm all for it if you want to use recombinant fsh during this time to have somewhat of uh, sertoli cell activation i'm all for it if you want to do a post psychotherapy afterwards with clomid and Novidex for four weeks i'm all for it but if you're 40 years old and it might take you two fucking years to get your wife pregnant unless you use uh, intrauterine insemination or, um, you know, uh, HCG stimulation or clomid stimulation or uh, letrozole stimulation for, um, you know, releasing the, the eggs. It, it might be a very long time. And in the longer you stay in clomid, the more you risk getting a blood clot, especially in these days when blood clots are almost free, right? Some people were forced to do stuff against their wills, which increases clotting risk. So this is why I'm against a protocol like that, you know? And, and Dave, I'm sorry if I offended you with the words I chose. Uh, maybe I was not in the right state of mind. Um, I'm not entirely sure why you want to debate me, uh, but probably it's because I have 110,000 subscribers. I'm sure if I had 5,000 subscribers, you wouldn't give a shit. I mean, I get videos like this and I never give a shit. <laughs> but let's see. Let's see. Let me sleep on it. I, I, you'll you'll probably see that uh, we'll agree on a lot of things, but also not agree on a lot of things. Now, the question is, where do we debate? Do we do it on my channel or your channel or on uh, a moderator's channel? Right? We should do it on a moderator's channel so there's no alternative motive for subscriber interaction, right? Or it's, it's, it's the root idea to exchange subscribers, right? Uh, anyway, I wish you all the best, Dave. Good luck. And uh, let's see, let's see. Okay, guys, um, let's, oh, stop sharing. Let's move on in case, oh man, it's already three o'clock. Couple more super chats, don't wanna leave you guys hanging. Oh, a lot, oh God. All right, guys, no more super chats, it's late. Was, was Dave almost salivating when he uh, asked me to debate him? Or was that me? Uh, 
But I don't think that Dave watches my channel. So if he wants to call me a TikTok guru, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, man, where were the super chats? But don't don't post anymore, okay? Uh, Matthew Gregg. Oh, let me remove this. I don't need this shit. Uh, have you ever heard of injectable carnitine causing irritability, fatigue, and increased hematocrit? Uh, no, I have not. I have not. I'm not not sure if that's a uh, side effect. All right, Mr. Take the Shots. Uh, no questions there. Thanks for your super sticker. Uh, oh, here it is. What supplements, peptides, or ancillaries like Cialis can be deployed for better nutrition partitioning? Well, Cialis, I mean, it increases blood flow, but does it improve nutrient partitioning? Could you make a longer video on this? I, I think thyroid medication help with that, and, and steroids help with nutrient partitioning. Tremblone increases IGF-1 sensitivity. It might even raise IGF-1 levels, but some steroids do that also. Um, but no, Cialis does that, doesn't do that. And peptides, I mean, you could you could say that growth hormones are creatogogs or insulin or IGF-1 improve nutrient partitioning. So maybe look into those. Can you mix peptides, CJC, Epimeral, and GSK copper together in the same needle? Um, I wouldn't do it because, you know, they all might have their specific binders or preservatives in the lifeless puck, and they might interact with each other and denature others, uh, each other's peptides. So um, I would just inject it separately. I, I remember um, uh, drawing a growth hormone into a preloaded insulin syringe, and then I literally saw it turn cloudy in front of my eyes. So that was two IUs growth hormone or insulin uh, wasted. Yeah, shame. All right, is that it? All right, Leon, last one. My carpal tunnel was resolved with aromacin. Thanks from the Netherlands. Okay, um, I guess I saved another soul. Uh, all right. All right, guys, let's leave it here. It's 3 o'clock. We'll be going on for three hours. Uh, I hope it was fun. I hope it wasn't too much drama. I guess I went too hard on Dave for the point he felt like defending himself, which he did. Um, yeah, let's see. <laughs> let's see. Uh, guys, I'll see you tomorrow or next week. Jay Joff, what is going on? Uh, Steve, keeping you keep saying just as blunty as the questions call for. Yeah, sometimes you just got to be a little bit blunt, you know? I mean, I get blunt comments all the time. I just don't respond to it because... I know, you know, beneath me, but it's Dave. And I did go after him pretty hard right, when I said, uh, when, they, when they asked me that first cycle. So I, I get it. I get it. My, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave, for going after you that hard. Yeah. Still saw some mistakes in your protocols, though. But that's okay. All right. People can follow you. People can follow me. And they can follow both. It's all good. All right, guys. Uh, peace out. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your weekend um fingers crossed that uh, the arnold classic is going to be a lot of fun and uh i will be watching dune part two tomorrow and i'm really looking forward to it see you guys next weekend peace out